but I think our offensive line will be better and certainly better enough that Easton looks better and the run game looks better. And that's really all you need. If they're above average, not even yeah. like a splendid, yeah. but above average, again, this is a 10-win team. Oh, yeah, they're above average. They win the SEC East going yeah. away. Oh, I agree. This time last year, Georgia fans, like ourselves, were counting down the days to a new season of hope. And after 60 minutes of play at the Chick-fil-A kickoff classic, the Dogs delivered a solid performance downing North Carolina in a thrilling 33-24 victory at the Georgia Dome. Kirby had come home to a legion of supporters. Nick Chubb in the game went for 222 yards and two touchdowns, and we saw what would be the dawning of a new rocket arm quarterback as Jacob Eason helped engineer the comeback. Now fast forward to right now as you sit here listening to this podcast. An air of uncertainty has crept in. Sure, Georgia had an okay season in Kirby's first year on the job, but there are a ton of questions to be answered in 2017. Most of the feelings are pretty positive and encouraging, but a few questions remain, such as can Georgia dominate a Sunbelt opponent coming into Sanford this Saturday? Or might the Dogs win the East, and could they even run the table this season? Is this really the new season of hope that we were looking for last year all along? We'll discuss these topics and more, as well as the formidable yet very underrated opponent in the Appalachian State Mountaineers who will be here this weekend. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall, and you are listening to episode 94 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. Now, today's show is very long. Remember, we had that lost episode last week, so I think this might be the longest episode we've ever had. But you can think of it as two episodes in one. We give a quick overview of the team, break down the 2017 schedule, make predictions of every game, and hone in on discussing the dog's opponent for week one, that being Appalachian State Mountaineers. Will, Tony, and I appreciate you tuning us in, so let's just jump into it. Here's Will to kick us off. All right, so should we talk about last week? Wow, what a podcast. Was that not great stuff? I have to say, it was the best one. It was the one. It uh, was. I don't want to overstate it, but if you would have listened to it, not only was every prediction correct, but uh, you would be smarter. Your oh. cholesterol level would drop. Yeah, you would be able to. Uh, you'd be able to have the sustain. I mean, I think a, you'd be a better lover. Yes. I mean, yes. oh my or god. Or if you are a woman, you would. And you you would explain, be able to, to hide explain, from those horrible six-hour. Right. <laughs> you explain spread offenses in a way no one's ever explained. I mean, three sentences, and it just made so much sense. I know. I actually got a call from Mike Leach saying, "Thank you. It's <laughs> Thank you." So uh, we did do a show last week. We did do a show last week. I was even here. Yes, Scott was here. We did a show last week. Pictures or it doesn't count. (laughs) At this very table. At this very table. And uh, it was a long show. It was actually an hour and a half. It was 90 minutes. I think that contributed to the fact that it never got published. Wait a minute. I'm starting to see a uh, pattern here. (laughs) Yeah. uh, 90 minutes. Oh, look. This thing. I have the time thing in front of me all the time. um, We discussed the eclipse. The eclipse that just happened. Tony got emotional. It did. It was actually a very nice moment. Uh, but I noticed toward the end of the podcast, I think I, as I tend to do after drinking the little makers, I um, I tossed out. Uh, I had one last, one last thing, one more thing I want to finish up. One more thing I want to finish up. And I saw kind of Scott, kind of like you know, his kind of feet tapping a little bit. And I think you had some sort of CrossFit class in the no, morning. No, no. To be, to be, let's be clear. I had a big uh, project due uh, for a client the next morning that I had promised him first thing in the morning. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't have to promise them that, but right. I did. Right. And so I was like, Ugh. and so, yeah, that's why I was all fidgety. So he's very antsy, very eager to get out of here. And I was like, all right, well, I'll wrap this point up after I make like six other subsection right. points. Uh, and then he's like, okay, go. And so then he's out and he's gone. 
And it turns out that that antsiness uh, may have actually contributed to the problem, correct, Scott? It did, that is the problem. You, you've diagnosed it correctly, Dr. So, Will. So, no, I don't understand. What, what, uh, but not to just get like, too technical, but you know, I'm assuming— Because I don't understand this crazy podcasting you, producing business. You turn the, the flux capacitor off instead of hitting save? Is yes, that how it, levels yeah. and, the, and the EQ levels were weird. I that must have been what happened. No, no, I just, I just closed the computer and did not hit save, trusting my, my uh, Steve Jobs Apple— MacBook Pro to do its job and uh, oh I, wait is it supposed to save for you is that the part well of the, uh, the you know I think I've gotten away with it before it's like mm. it's like speeding or breaking you know minor laws before where you get away and you get away and you go away with it and then finally it comes and bites you finally you go flying off a cliff yeah that's uh, exactly what happened <laughs> so, um, I unplugged something at right. the wrong time and then it, it it the weird thing was it had it and the the, the quality was horrible um, because of something I don't know we'll blame it on the microphones but yeah. then. Should when, we actually check and make sure it's recording well today? We should. We really should. Hold on. Hold on for just a second, please. And we'll, you, you won't notice that we're taking a break. We're going to take a break. So, yeah, it was because I didn't save it properly. And I, no, no, not, not save it properly. I, I didn't you save did it. not save it. <laughs> well, to be fair, when he opened it, it was one of those, it says backup and it had little squigglies beside it. You know, the kind you're always afraid to like clear yeah, out when right. you open a Word or Excel document. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, but but that was episode. That should have been episode ninety three. So that was the first time in ninety three episodes. I'll take that kind of odds. Um, well, yeah, I better suppose. than space shuttle. Yeah. I, I will say the one, the one, <laughs> the one positive I will find. Too soon. You I have got, family that works for NASA. Yeah, you guys didn't hear um, this discussion on the last podcast. But we had a whole discussion how it was kind of a bummer that our one hundredth episode was going to be like the post game of Samford. And now our 100th episode will actually be an SEC preview. Yes, because we lost. Not worth it, but uh, but nevertheless, it did change that. I wouldn't say not worth it. We got to sit around for an hour and a half and drink bourbon and talk. That's true. Y'all drink bourbon. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry, Scott. Yeah, still doing, we were the sober. Uh, he was the Scott sober. Scott still doing P90X. He was the sober one. He's still jazzercising. <laughs> jazzercise. That's right. Jazzercise. Uh, so um, so anyway, so what you missed was our. Position by position, right. preview of Georgia, and then we went game by game. Yeah, so we're going to condense that. Yeah, condense that, delete it in. Because once we hit 90 minutes, I'm, I'm out of here. Yeah, he's like, he's not hitting save again. He's just like, that's, yeah. <laughs> Why do you think I quit playing golf? Yeah. I get I get antsy on the 12th hole. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. yeah. But like the first Scott, 11 holes are no, still recorded. Will, <laughs> you don't understand at all. I don't understand. I know, I know how golf works. I just don't like it. Um but anyway, so uh, so we're, so this is actually our preview of the App State game because football is here. Absolutely. So did I, you feel the weather today? Oh, oh it was perfect. It was well, lovely. I mean, it was lovely. like it was like God. It was about time. Reached his hand down and touched the. It was about the time. SEC for the weather. <laughs> oh man, with the nineties and the humidity. Yeah. And I was explaining to my kids because they saw the thermometer in my car it was like eighty four, and they're like, "It's eighty four. Why is it not?" And I was like. It's, it has to do with the humidity levels, and if it was 100% humidity... If your kids had listened last week, they'd know that. That's right, because we talked about humidity levels. <laughs> I think we got to... Every, we solved so many mysteries last week, yeah. and yeah. now... Even yeah. Robert Stack showed up. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's been dead for eight years, for sure. <laughs> um, we named the bag man. Yes. Robert Stack was in Beavis and Butthead, the movie, one of my favorite things about Robert Stack. <laughs> anyway, um, so... So what I think what we should do... Here's my... I have a okay. plan for us to... Hey, I want, you're in charge. To condense... Okay, can you save now? Just <laughs> like when I'm writing a piece, I save it like I save as a reflex. You know what's weird? I was doing an edit today for a client that was only 90, 90 seconds. Maybe it's something to do with ninety. But I was done, and I was kind of cracking my knuckles, mm. patting myself on the back, saying, "This is good. I'm ready to send the invoice and send this to him." 
my uh, Premiere Pro shut down on me and I lost it. Mm-hmm. So I'm having to go back and do, and it wasn't anything for, it's supposed to autosave. Right. Anyway, that nobody wants to listen to that, but go, yeah. go ahead, Will. I have lost someone that writes so every, as much as I So you're telling me it's not just me? Uh, I'm not lost a whole, I've done. Well, I'm, in this case, yes. We yeah. are on podcast, uh, for the Will Each Experience podcast. Uh, I was doing the math on this the other day because I'm on season five. You used to do it every six, day, Will. They used to do it every day. Wow. And we had Patrick Stewart on there one time. We had Patrick Stewart and Jerry West. We had some fun ones on there. Wow. Uh, Former uh, West Jerry Virginia Lucas. basketball player, Jerry yes, West. Yes. And uh, anyway, so uh, we've had lots of fun people on there. And uh, we did the math on it. And I think there's been almost <clears throat> 400 episodes now. Mm. We did lose one. We did lose one of those 400 episodes. So you have to be perfect for the next 300 and, and, uh, and seven. But to be fair, the sound quality on those is not to the level of the sound quality. Like, this is a much more sophisticated oh, okay. uh, thing. than Now I've, I'm, I'm mostly caught up. But this uh, back then, back in the day, I recorded Patrick Stewart. Like on a uh, And like a Dixie Cup. Player. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a Dixie Cup. I would just have people. It was like Garrett Morris on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> I would have just people. Someone just yell every answer into a tape recorder right. from down the street. And that was actually how we taped the podcast. You sound like Howell Heflin, Senator Howell Heflin. Uh, please talk into the box. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, so I think what we should do here is let's go defense Offense season preview. We but you missed a great secondary and linebackers and defensive linemen and all that stuff. Let's just go defense, offense, and then let's lead into the App State game for the more current event stuff. And then once we make our App State pick, then let's do our season, our game by game picks, which is how we ended last week's podcast. Sounds good to me. Sounds good. Yeah. And then, of course, because it's game week. Then we actually have picks, like game picks, like oh, actual yeah, like game from fun office pulls. Oh wow! I, I guess I need to pull it up. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, everybody's rusty. Well, look at that! It's right here. I already have it up. So okay. lead us through the defense. You know, you know, one thing that I mean, I just looked at this for the first time today because oh. I pulled out my tickets. And He's I forgot. pointing at the media guide. By was the way, it? yeah. Sorry, this is not visual. <laughs> um, I, I found it. You know, Nick Chubb's right up front. Uh, Lorenzo Carter's on there. John Atkins, but then Aaron Davis. Is on the front cover, which is good for him because I think he started as a walk-on, yep. didn't he? And he's and he's made the front cover of the media guide. So that, I just thought you know wanted to give him a, a shout out. Not that he's listening, but he does listen. You listen. But uh, Nick Chubb listens. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that, I thought that was awesome. That a former walk-on made the front cover of the media guide. Yeah. The um, the nice thing about media guides is they have depth charts in them, unlike the Georgia Bulldogs game notes. Actually. Uh, the, to be fair, again, you're coming from someone from the media, so this tends to probably chafe me more than it chafes most people. But there is this new trend that coaches are doing in football. Michigan <clears> will not even acknowledge who is on their the roster. The existence of scholarships. They literally won't even acknowledge it. Now Georgia is not putting out a depth chart uh, on the game notes, which is, I mean, essentially unprecedented. Communist man. And it's... Listen, I know that this no, nobody likes it when media people complain about their jobs. I so, you know Seth Emerson on last week's podcast he was very, very, very nice, yep. and um, and everyone always tries to keep that in mind. But it is worth remembering that the re- like Seth Emerson is not trying to get the depth chart for his personal well being. Exactly. He's not trying to do it because it makes him personally happy. He's not doing it because he works for Wake Forest and he's trying to screw over exactly. Wake Forest. Exactly, it is his job to inform the millions of people that, that pay everybody's salaries. That pay everybody's salaries. Uh, millions. Well, million. Do you think there's a, George, a million Georgia fans on the planet? I absolutely do think, yes. think there is. Oh, I thought you meant readers of AJC Prime. No, not yet. No, no. That's only, that's only, that's only Bradley. Um, <laughs> but uh, 
They haven't been the head that since Terrence Moreland. But no, um, by the way, and, and let me understand. Please understand this. I'm not talking bad about Seth. I love Seth's work. Yeah. I'm just no. What, what I'm saying is, the, he's not doing that for fun. He's not doing that to give it out. He's doing that because there are millions of people, the million people that care about Georgia football and want the information and want to know what's going on. They are the reason that the team exists. They are the reason that Kirby Smart makes a lot of money. They are the reason all these kids have scholarship and should be paid. But that's a different discussion. They're the reason any of this happens at all, and the idea. That that like of not with of withholding information yeah. basic information yeah. like this to me is it's a pretty like Alabama puts out a depth chart <laughs> like like so we're not doing it that way yeah so I don't know that that maybe seems, soon they'll just play games inside the practice facility and we'll just have to watch on a closed circuit yeah I mean I mean again that's I. I it's not I can't see that happening, but like certainly and it's a slippery slope argument, but it does set a pretty bad precedent. Like the idea that that I don't have to give this information to you. And I, I'm generally I make this argument all the time for coaches in college sports, professional sports. It is in your best interest, even in this age and age of weakened media, it is in your best interest to make it easier on the people that cover your team and give out information more freely. Doesn't mean you have to start putting your practices online or and, and no one and, and start letting everybody in to watch them all. But the idea of being so paranoid that you would not put out your depth chart is an openly hostile move that immediately puts not just Georgia reporters, but now national reporters. Like they're they're gonna be out for Kirby after this. Like they are. They're gonna be out for him after it. And that's fine. Like listen, I think a lot that's maybe a little unreasonable and I think it's not necessarily fair. But it is not never mind the fact that how fans should be annoyed that they don't get to see look at the depth chart. If you're a national reporter and you see this kind of like their job is to get information. If you're gonna say, nope, I'm not doing that there, that puts you in a – if you better win, you better win all the time because it gets rid of your margin for error. Yeah, and I don't – I mean you're not saying that they're intentionally going to go after Kirby. He just loses all possibility of a benefit of doubt. Right. They're not going to be like, oh, I'm going to go get him now. Right. But they're, they're going to be – But they're going to construe every fact. If a, if a fact can be construed one way or another, they're going to construe the meaning of that fact to be the opposite yeah, well, or like, against whatever again, is best. Yeah. This is, it, Which is – you know, that's – We've seen this everywhere, right? And we talked about, probably last week, uh, you would never know this, but we talked about um, the former Virginia Tech basketball coach, uh, Seth, Greenberg. Seth Greenberg, right? He I kept mean, his job three years longer than he should he have. he was just a gem to the media. And people loved him. Right. And, I mean, frankly, not to have this discussion again, but it's difficult to argue that Mark Rick oh, yeah. didn't oh, yeah. get himself yeah. a ton of more leeway. And some might argue that he didn't deserve it. That's his own question. But the idea that if you have a positive relationship with the people that cover you and you are free – I'm not saying you have to be entirely free, but freer with information or not at least openly hostile, this is asking for trouble. Harbaugh will literally not acknowledge who's actually on his team. Yeah, that's – But – which is just stupid. I'm yeah. particularly at a public university. Well, and, and, but, the, but the idea that you would not release a depth chart for why just because I don't have to. Well, yeah, you don't – have to, but I'm telling you, you're making it harder on yourself. And LSU's facing the same thing. At uh, Coach O is uh, as much as I love him. He's doing. I mean, he isn't allowed media viewing at practice. Woo! That's a that's a tough place to be. It's asking for trouble. And again, again, this is not me complaining. I don't go to practice. I don't. Have, I don't have anything to do with this. But I do think, regardless of just putting yourself in a bad spot, you are only cheating the fans. You are only cheating the people that care enough about your team. Listen. If, if you I mean, want, what's he really hiding? Because I mean, we have got the punter that's in yeah. question. Maybe place kicker. Malcolm Parrish is out, so who's going to be starting at corner? I, honestly, probably what he's hiding is 
is a couple of guys that are suspended and yeah. kind of what they're doing. I yeah. mean, he's, like he hasn't said the thing about Holofield yet. Yeah, Holofield right, and Ridley. Right. Uh, you know, you because uh, that was right. another thing that came up. Yeah, was the idea. Yeah, because technically, is it the Georgia rule ten percent of games? For, yeah, like, and, rusted for a week. And I am per- by the way, I am I'm the opposite side of this. I am perfectly fine with them. With them playing that close to the vest, I, I mean that part close to the vest. But, yeah, I mean, but you can play with discipline or anything, right? right. You can list good, you, but you can still release a depth chart that says Riley really or Terry Godwin. Right, or, that's right. what they did last year. Right, that's it's what literally fine. everybody does in college football. Yeah. And I think yeah. it's just with the, and people are already have the clause out because of the Kirby's law thing. And I think Kirby has tried to say that wasn't me. That's don't put my name attached on that. But I'm just saying that like if you if this team goes eight and four this year. You're going to see his like people are going to be he's going yeah, to get no bit into the yeah, in, the, in the national yeah, level and yeah. in a way that Rick always did. <clears throat> yeah. So how's the defense look? Well, as hot as a take as Will just gave, that's how hot the defense is going to be. <laughs> okay, um, done. We're set. All right, cool. So special teams. Um, no, I mean uh, the defense is going to be really even good. without Malcolm Parrish for a week or two. I mean you know, that's the problem because the count's going to start in his stead, or if not the count, he's going to play. He's going to slot in. I think maybe Davis is going to slot out to the. Um, out to that spot, but you know the the reality is is that the, while that is a problem, um, I still think we have enough depth out there that we uh, it, it's just I, I think we're fine. I just don't I, I, it, the the secondary concerns me a little bit. I think we're going to see increased pass rush. I think Trent Thompson on the front uh, in the front is a legit All American candidate. Almost like a Vince Wilfork type of game changer up front. Um, occupy two or three blockers. Um, I just, uh, I I think we are going to end the season have um, not just not just the, one of the best front sevens in the the conference or the SEC or, or the the nation, but probably one of the best front seven with rotation with the guys some of the guys we got backing up in the on the linebacker spots and the and the defensive line. No, I mean there are ten starters back, and there are guys that particularly toward the end of last year, came on. You'd expect to see a little bit more of late, you know, but this is one of the things, again, that we talked about last week, and we'll try to, you may want to edit all of those out every time we say that, Scott, but um, was this notion that how much on both sides, we'll get to the offense, but on both sides and on the coaching staff, there is to prove, because now we can look back at last year. Now it's easy for us to look back at last year and say, well, the team was a little younger than we thought, and there was a lot of schematic things that hadn't been implemented yet. Uh, we talked a little. Uh, I talked a little bit with Seth about the idea that the man blocking schemes last year on, on mm-hmm. the offensive line was not necessarily right for that particular roster, but will probably be worth it in the long term because that's what they're recruiting. That's what they want their their blocking scheme to be. So we can all sit back and talk about that now. But like, okay. We probably got a little overexcited. North Carolina probably the North Carolina game probably got us a little bit too excited last year. It should have been considered a year to figure things out, both coaching and roster wise. So now that you've said that, that defense has got to be better this year. And not to say that it was bad last year. And I think it's I think there's reason a lot of people are excited nationally about the defense. And I think they should be, but they not have not shown it that much yet. We said we talked about it last week that they showed it in the Auburn game, but Auburn had its own issues uh, going into that game. If this, what, for all the talent this defense has and all supposedly the great minds that this defense supposedly has uh, running it, we have not actually seen it yet, and this is the year that you have to see it. Yeah, because of the last-minute gaffes in a couple of the games last year, specifically Tennessee, although that was kind of you know 
for some celebration. Yeah. But then again, tech. I mean, there was like hot knife through butter. Yeah, um, at the exact, exact wrong time. Yeah, and, and it, it was also when whenever an opponent got in the fifteen yard line, you just kind of already assumed that somehow they were going to score, yeah. even though they were good between the twenties. Yeah. Um, so. I, I think that the influx, and there could be an experience there. That sure, could be skiing, and there's going to be some more inexperience right, right. this year. Um, but I think I do think the influx of the young talent, like the guys from Grayson, Georgia, or, yeah. or Grayson High School. Um, on, who was that? Gibbs, Daniel from, Gibbs. Yeah, I mean, I think LeCount, who was basically the the second recruiter um, yeah. next to Fromm for this this uh, season's pl- uh, pledge class. Um, that's my fraternity <laughs> talking, uh, signing class. But I, I'm really bullish on on the defense as well. Hopefully App State, I mean, they run a funky offense. They're, they're yeah. kind of a run-first offense, yeah. but uh, their, their passing quarterback, who is it? He's Bobby Lamb's son. Yeah, Taylor. And uh, he's setting all kinds of records for App State. So they're going to get a test right out of the gate. I don't want to get too far ahead, yeah. but, um, but they're, they're going to be They're going to get a couple tests they, right out of yeah. the gate. So, the yeah. good thing is the best quarterback they face all year might be Nick Fitzgerald. I mean, it's really, just as far as pure talent, although yeah. – I still think Jared Stidham's going to be better in the end just because of the tools he'll have around him. You know, when you talk about defense, you know, Will, one of the things that I keep going back to because I little bit love Bill, the way Bill Connolly's looks at the, uh, the game, we were really, really good at explosiveness, like top 20 as far as, you know, holding, holding teams to less than 10 yards of play, 30-yard plays, 20-yard pass plays. We were really terrible at efficiency, which means we were really bad at getting into third and long situations. We were really bad on standard downs, for example, going in and creating uh, negative situations. Yards. Negative yards. Mm-hmm. Right. And that, that has to change. But that, that also, if you think about it, that exactly what you see on the team that is bend, don't break in between the 20s or to the 20-yard line. Actually, Bill uses the 40. But but once you get inside, they're almost guaranteed to give up a touchdown, right? They, you know, they don't give up a lot of ten yard plays. They also don't keep guy, keep teams out of, you know, third and nine from the twenty five. <laughs> so that is, I, and that's one of the things I think they probably focus on. I mean, you think about the Georgia, uh, the, the last the t- last touchdown against Georgia Tech, right? Um, they had a really long play, and that kind of goes against more than ten yards. But then they got into th- you know, third and long, and then they. Got a, t- a first down inside the ten. A team that's not supposed to be getting first down, right? This it's not not like that. And then we turn around, and we essentially do everything we're supposed to do, with one exception, which is um, is create is create a tackle because we over pursue on the backside and we leave a running lane up the middle, which I mean, is which is not just a, a, a personnel thing. That's a schematic no, that's, thing. that's a schematic thing. One hundred percent is a schematic thing. But part of that goes back. You, you mentioned this with offensive line. Part of this goes back is how much of that is um, how much of that is learning and trying to learn what the coaches want. Um, you know, there are three components of. Of, of how you want to, to build a team, you you have to have good recruiting, right? Yeah, actually, you have to have spectacular recruiting. Um, you need to have effective game management coaching, and you have to have effective coaching is in the teaching. Um, we know we know Kirby and his crew can coach. I mean, can can recruit. We do that. This is a year they need to prove they can coach both in game and teach. And I think, and that's another thing too, because the problem with just recruiting and not coaching is once the coaching starts, if they like if the stink comes off you. Yeah, absolutely. The recruiting's going to suffer. That's right. That's right. Ask ask Tennessee. Yeah. Right. No, I mean, I'm not trying to be funny about Tennessee. Yeah. Ask Tennessee. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody keeps well, but they're recruiting. 
Sorry, they yeah. were an 8-5 team that looked like it last year. Yeah, and and, and, and yeah. guess what? The recruiting's taking a step back. Yep. Because, yep. They, because they know he's a dead man walking. Absolutely. So defensively, I think we're going to see uh, steps forward. I mean, we were top 25-30 in points per game last year, but that also meant we were somewhere in the mid mid to upper 20s on points per game. This this team legitimately, when you look at the offense, it, the offensive will face. Um, there's only a couple offenses that really scare me that could put up big, big points on this offense, on yeah. this defense. And frankly, we could shut those defense, those offenses down. And if we do that, you're looking at sub 22 or three. You know, we'll get the, we'll get the offense next, but yeah, I I think we can score 23 points a game. I would I would hope so. Right. And, um, yeah. If you if you can hold if you're averaging 20 points a game on defense. You, this should be a 10-win team. Oh, yeah, but that Easy. fixes – you know, averaging 20 points a game on, on defense, that fixes a lot of offensive problems. Yeah, ask, right, right. Ask, oh, at 2002, was that the Moose Smith year? Or maybe 2005 was the Moose Smith year, right? No, 2002 was because that's when they played Florida State in the Sugar Bowl. Okay, yeah. I mean, that team wasn't super explosive. We had um, a, a young emerging quarterback. Yeah, um, second year. Right. We had a – a bruising every down back that got far more carries than probably anybody else. He, he got over like 1,200 yards, but he had a ton of Yeah, carries. he got far more carries than probably any one single back in Mark Rick's entire time at UGA. And we had a defense that was that both scored points and kept... It was um, very opportunistic. Opportunistic. No, both scored points and also kept giving the ball back to the offense. So speaking of the offense, let's go. Let's talk about the offense. Now that was a good defensive analytical session, if you will, because that only took about eight minutes. <laughs> I love how I love how well, your metric on this is eight minutes. I have to say, Scott, if your strategy is for, to keep shows shorter, your have us do a whole show, be tired about the same of saying the same things we did in the last show, <laughs> so we say it quicker. Strategy that's right will be effective. That's right. <laughs> Just as a, for example, we're not talking about specific examples. <laughs> So, so so offense. Yes. Now the conspiracy bro, uh, bro in me is saying that Jake Fromm's going to start because we didn't release the you depth chart. That early, I did tweet did that you? actually. Yeah. Well, is Fran Tarkenton making out the depth chart? Uh, oh. By the way, <laughs> uh, I, I have to say the, this new. <laughs> sorry. This new. I know everybody loves Fran Tarkenton. I love uh, that's incredible too. Like uh, that was a good. Oh awesome. my god! He was no. Don't even, I can't. Stop. You're trying to bait name, me. Name the Don't other two it. hosts because I know. Uh, hang on. Uh, Kathy Lee Crosby. Or Kathy, is that her name? Kathy Lee Crosby? Yeah, that one. And John Davidson. You got it. <clears throat> and and Peter Billingsley was on that on Real People. Yeah. I remember yeah. Real yeah. People, Bill, too. Yeah, people, yeah, Real People was not – I didn't like that one as much as That's Incredible. Peter, I, I have to say, I do not know what depths of the psyche those two That's Incredible hosts just came from. <laughs> like, that's not something I've looked up since that show was on. So You're like Frank the Tank in yeah, uh, old school. It's like, yeah. I passed out what yeah, happened. Yeah, that's a little nerve-wracking. I think I just, yeah. Uh, Scott just cut out me having a seizure on the yeah, floor right. after, I, after I brought that up. Uh, anyway, but no, I, I will say, I'm assuming I'm referring to the piece where there was an interview with Frank Tarkenton, yeah. and he said that Eason doesn't have it, and Fromm has the intangibles. I will say, one of my least favorite genres of journalism is, let's go interview an old famous guy that's not actually paying very close attention, right. and act as if he is. Are you saying kind of like Joe Namath when he spouts off against, about the Jets? Yeah, or like five years ago, Donald Trump. But that's a whole other discussion. Uh, give these guys enough credit, and now you know the world explodes. But the point is is that every week every week every week this is just the time you're taping no no, no. Uh, yeah, yeah that's what I mean. <laughs> or as we like to call it around here monday yeah so the, the mailman loves coming to this house mm-hmm. um so anyway 
<laughs> bro, I just, I just got 12 more houses and I, I, just, I go home. Just leave me alone. Like, I know, I'm just, I, you're a federal employee. You have to listen to me. That's not how the government works. But basically his thing, I we talked last week how that should be kind of put to bed. And Eason, one of my many frustrations, we talked about this in the offseason, is the idea that Eason, sure, he was not perfect last year. He was also a freshman, true freshman, fly off the street, put in charge of a offense in which the offensive coordinator was still kind of figuring stuff out with a new coaching staff. And still, frankly, we lose the Missouri game if it's not for Eason. Mm -hmm. We lost the Tennessee game, but shouldn't have because of Eason. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can argue a couple of throws. I I think they win the North Carolina game anyway, but remember that incredible throw where you're like, oh, wow. that's This is what we have. Yeah, this is what we have. Like, that guy is still here. And I think you should absolutely expect him to be better. And... Uh, sure, accuracy's got to improve. I think there's no question the mm-hmm. accuracy's got to improve. I think he'd be the first to say that. But the idea that, I mean, is there a better quarterback even close in the SEC East? Oh, SEC East? I don't think there's any quarterback even close. Maybe maybe Drew Locke? Uh, maybe, but I don't think he, maybe. I mean, as an overall matter, maybe he yeah. is as good. Um, but but I don't, he, certainly does, he doesn't have the talent yeah. that, that Jacob does. Well, this is what Seth was talking about, too. He's like, people want senior year Aaron Murray from a guy that just walked in off the street. Well, yeah. And, and I, also, they well, complained about saying, Aaron Murray all that year. Yeah, I've been right? saying, but, but I've been saying the same thing. It's like, you know, we're expecting to see, actually, we're expecting to see senior year Matt Stafford because right, he's right. hyped that, that way. Right, 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 right. And what we saw last year was sophomore year Matt Stafford. Right, right. Right? I mean, people forget Stafford came in and threw more interceptions than the touchdowns. If not more, okay, y'all don't at me. It was about the same. I don't exactly know. 14-16 or 16-14. But Jacob threw 16 touchdowns in seven interceptions or thereabout. I mean, that's... That's not again, terrible. The actually numbers low. Now, the, the, the ac- is this, yes. Now, and some of that was because he threw balls away that I think, frankly, this year that he'll hang on to and make throws there on. There were also, let's not forget, there were a lot of drops last year. <laughs> like, I, let's not, like, forget that there yeah, were drops. I think that's year. right. I, so. I don't disagree with that. So I, I think we're going to be fine at quarterback. Are we going to have an all-SEC quarterback? We could. Yeah. Absolutely could. Um, but... I think our running game is going to be better, and that all starts with the offensive line. I think our offensive line is going to be better. Um, I was listening to the solid verbal today, and they were talking about that offensive line last year, blah, 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 and now they're young. What they discounted was that we had, in particular at the most important position, we had a guy that was being asked to do something that his skill set certainly didn't set up for, right? Um, and and I've probably have been a little unfair to Tyler Catalina at times, uh, but the reality is is that when you, when you go back and watch tape on him – Anytime we were in pass protection, he was on roller skates backwards and just getting beat. He had slow feet. Um, if we were running a traditional zone block, uh, a traditional zone block where really his job is to to keep a guy from occupying a, a gap, I think he would be just fine. Right. Which is frankly why I think he got a look in the NFL as a free agent because he that's that's a lot what you do. Yeah. But we didn't. Our run block is I want you to bulldoze guys. I want you to make sure our offensive line has an opportunity our offensive runners, our runners have an opportunity to not just hit a hole, but also do so two yards past the line of scrimmage. And on pass protection, what he was asked to do was basically seal block an edge rusher that was a lot faster than him, like the two of you faster than me than him. And that is really not where we are now is Isaiah Wynn that much better he didn't start over him last year but uh, you know I don't know but and this uh, to me like this is just a second year in the system is the second year by definition there should be improvement right and and that gets back to the coaching side um 
because I, I, I feel I feel comfortable that these guys in the system have had a um, have had a, a lot more opportunity to work with the coaches, not just the coaches to work with themselves on technique, learning plays, blocking schemes, working together. Which you know, Will, you and I talked about this in the season preview, uh, the season kickoff about one of the things I wanted to see was no, you know, a little bit of definiteness in the offensive line, and we've seen that it's been. It's kind of been a front line of. Um, are you sure about this? Because we don't have a depth chart. Well, but you, I mean, the the folks going are, are right. They're seeing, you know, they're basically seeing, um, you know, when um, um, Allen, um, Galliard, Kinley, and uh, Thomas across the front, and that's been that way with Ben Cleveland occasionally subbing in for Thomas. Um, I think the most surprising part about that is 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 Thomas as a true freshman is tapped up and taken thoughts. That's on the right side. Um, if you think about what Georgia does, that is uh, a fair amount of running plays do go off that side. Um, but I don't. Again, I, I also you have to factor in that we have two running backs that will be abs- would absolutely be playing on Sundays that are back. We have a tight end that p- potentially could be. All American. I mean, he may have been the best offensive player last yeah, year. Yeah, he could have been our best offensive player. I just think it our was amazing to be me better. watching. I told mentioned this last week that SEC uh, season review hour show. We get to watch like five minutes on each game. It was just amazing. Like every single yeah. big play yeah, is not it's, yeah. every single big one. Yeah. I just think, I, look, offensively, we are not going to be. I'm going to say something very controversial. We're not going to be Mike Bobo's last year scoring 44 points a game. I just don't think we will be. I don't think we're quite there yet. And, or Mike and, Bobo's first year at uh, second year Colorado, Colorado State. State. How about um, that? The fighting Bobo's pa- out there. Not, wiping out a Pac-12 team. Uh, they're, they're trying to get a spot in the Pac-12. They're trying to take Colorado's spot. Um, Mike Riley. So the, the Wisconsin. Right. Um, but the, I just think I think we're going, going to be better on offense. I, I think the thing is is that Georgia fans, uh, and I'm, I'm one, uh, expect to see – they want to see more than what Bobo did, honestly. Um, and, and the media talks about that a little bit, right? You know, like you let Bobo get away, and that was the undoing of Rick, actually. And, yeah. well, we can talk about that. So he's, been, he's been gone two years. Two years, yeah. right. He's coached right. there for two seasons. This is his second, second season. season. This is his second season. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, this is his third, third season. season. This is his third season. How many ever seasons? Yeah, the start of his third, third yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. You're just agreeing with me to move on, aren't no, you? No, it's the third Well, you season. told me I had eight minutes. <laughs> um, it's the third season. Because, and for what it's worth, like, Rick didn't, like, I mean, Bobo's, you have to let him take a... Oh, of course sure. he goes. Sure. Right, right, of course right, he goes. Right. No, so, that's, so does no, he Rich, end up at Rich Ole Miss next year? Which problem be hard. Yeah. Is Bobo at Ole Miss next year? No. Why would he take Ole Miss? Don't mess with that. Why would he take Ole Miss? Tennessee? Perhaps, yeah, yeah. Why not? If he has an awesome year, yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely yeah, I an awesome year. I can see that. I so. can see them. Lo- I can see them. I, I and he may have one job, one more job in between, between uh, Colorado State. Plus, and they, they they've already hired Derek Dooley, and yes. might not yeah, want that, that, to do that again. The only connection Derek Dooley has here is he has a law degree from here. But still, still, I know he went to Virginia. And oh, yeah, his father coached here 25 years, but whatever. <laughs> That's also a connection. That's a connection. It could be. I mean, uh, he went to Cedar Shoals. One last Central. thing that, that you touched on that I want to hit uh, is can we just, like, Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle are back. Like, that is, like. It's amazing. It really is amazing. You know, putting aside if Holyfield has a suspension, but let's say. Chubb and Michelle don't come back this year. Like most people were expecting them not to come back. We would have not looked at the running backs and thought, oh, man, the running backs stink. Wait, doomed. you talked about this last week. I know I did. Did he? I'm remembering. <laughs> so to me, that that the idea that the, the depth that you have there, 
I think this would have been running back would have been a if not a strength at least something you wouldn't worry about if Chubb and Michelle had not come back. Having them here, and I know that we got too excited after the North Carolina game win last year, not just because it was a fun come back come from behind win and it was Kirby Smart's first game, but also Chubb looked amazing in that game. Chubb looked amazing. In that game, yeah, and so yes, and Kirby. Let's not forget Kirby had like put on the I that fun Kirby kickoff Heisman helmet that he had at the end of the game. That goofy Kirby Smart. Here's a prediction: we will not see that goofy Smart fun, funny goofy Kirby Smart goofy again. Smart. Goofy Smart. We're not, yeah, he's my he's my favorite. Uh, well, I mean, he's my if favorite they win, side Ducktales character. If they win, <laughs> goofy if smart. they win at the end of this football season in Mercedes Benz. We will see that. We will see that. But until then, you're not seeing it. No. And, and no. I think that's right. Or next year at Levi Stadium. I just realized today the national championships at Levi Stadium next Ugh. year. What? What? Yes. You want to talk about you want to talk about bribery in Qatar. Yeah. Talk about bribery in that. At least the thing is, <laughs> at least that one will probably sell out. Um, but the point is, is that like you know we got so excited about that team, not just because of that win, and not just because of Goofy Smart. But that is, I'm if he ever does anything fun again, Goofy Smart is coming. That's his new moniker. Yeah, we need like a name. We need to give him like the Goofy Voice. Like, oh, going out and I the think game, you, just, boys. you just nailed it. <laughs> That's my Goofy Smart. Um, but but. I think it was because Chubb was so great in that game. That was the thing that was... He went over 200. He was amazing. It was like the second most yards he ever had. And when we all remember how devastating... It's funny. I want to beat Tennessee by like 80 points this year because the two most devastating games from the last two seasons... On your birthday. Yes, on my 40th birthday. Was, was of course, the game game two years ago. And obviously what happened last year against Tennessee. That was so devastating that Chubb getting hurt two years ago, that seeing him come back like that made us think, wow, he's Leonard Fournette this year. And he wasn't. And he wasn't. And he wasn't all the way back. And the and the offensive line was clearly not where it needed to be. You have that guy back this year. You have this guy motivated. You have Michelle as, a, as not just a change of pace guy. He could be a lead guy of his own. I know that we, we focus a lot on Eason. We focus a lot on the kind of the offensive targets, he, the wide receiver targets he's going to have. You have Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle in the backfield. That should be worth a couple of wins. And on Sony's, t- they've been talking like he's going to be split out. Yeah, I, I would be very surprised if he didn't get 20, 20 touches a game or twenty looks yeah. a game between handoffs and pass attempts. Using like the Arizona Cardinals use David Johnson. Yeah, that's exactly right. Right. You, yeah, hand him the ball, put him in the front, dot the eye with him, yeah. put him at slot, run him out to split in, right. put him in the X. Sometimes he can play all those. I mean, you know, we, we practice the wild dog a little bit, but you know, one of the things I'm sitting here looking at. Um, Connolly's preview and the, the the entire offensive season can be encapsulated what he said that the, they gained at least five yards on 44 percent of all carries that was 15th in the nation they only got stuffed 21 percent of the time think about that they either gained they either <laughs> gained five plus yards or got stuffed for 65 percent of the time they were also reasonably efficient, um, but didn't only produce seven runs of 30 yards on the season. Well, you remember last year it was run, run, pass, run, run, pass. Well, that's – but see that I, – I, I went back and looked at that a little bit during the offseason. And that was – it was that way in some games, uh, particularly uh, games where we were trying to, like, hold on to a lead. Um, but we were fairly innovative. I mean, we threw the ball more on first down. The one thing I think we – that we actually – I actually called for this a fair amount last year is, like – 
if you're gonna if you're gonna throw the ball, you got to get Easton out from under center. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, timing wise, and that frankly, I think that's one of the things he's gonna be much better at I because mean, he's had yeah. he's had another he's literally had another eight months to work on timing. I mean, was the receivers. first time was the first time that he took a snap from directly under center? I mean, for certain, four years was the first game. Was I mean, the first snap he took here. I mean, certainly the first time since Pee Wee Ball. Right, right, right. right? Yeah. I mean, so you know that's. That's not nothing. That's not nothing. It's worth noting there were several times at the end of last year where, like, let's just get him in shotgun just because, like, it'll help him. And yeah. Now you would think yeah. you wouldn't have to do that. And shockingly, we didn't run the pistol hardly at all, yeah. which is just, I can't. <laughs> Damn it, Cheney. Um, so, you know, I think offensively, we don't have to be great. We don't have to be, get back to Bobo. We don't have to be Bobo great. We do not have to be a 42 point uh, uh, a game. Offense, but I certainly think we will be above what we were last year. I think we're going to be more interesting. I think we're going to be actually more confident um, offensively. And I, and I am not one that buys into it. Can it? Can, it can't be worse. Um, but I, I do believe our offensive line. Now we're not going to step up and put four guys on the All SEC team, but I think our offensive line will be better and certainly better enough that Easton looks better and the run game looks better. And that's really all you need. If they're above average, not even yeah. like splendid, yeah. but above average, again, this is a 10-win team. Oh, yeah, they're above average. They win the SEC East yeah. going away. Oh, I agree. And even if they're average, I think they'll, they'll, they'll do chance. well. They right? Yeah. 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 Right. And special, quickly on special teams. Um, yeah. uh, that's what I was going to yeah, ask. Yeah, Kirby, uh, Kirby did not uh, say anything about um, whether Martin or um, – Martin, or thank you, Martin or Blankenship. Thanks, Chad. Uh, Martin or Blankenship was going to start at kicker. Uh, both of them are apparently kicking pretty well or evenly, uh, hopefully as well, on field goals. Both of them are putting the ball in the end zone, which is my favorite play in football. I uh, love a touchback. I'll take uh, – We take, didn't have many of those last year. Yeah, I don't remember what the touchback rate was, but it was, it was, it was, it was relatively low. low. It, was, it was in the bottom you know. Was that when Bill minutes. Ham was kicking or Rodrigo? Uh, Rodrigo and Ham. Um, I just it, want to say Bill Ham, Ham went Ham. Like I said, I'll take – a lot of people are like, no, well, you want to kick the ball because it helps you with field position. With our defense, in all honesty, in our defense, um, give me – I'll take 85 kickoffs in the end zone. I will. I'll take 85 of them because, one, that means we're scoring a lot of points. But that also means our offense every time – our defense every time um, is has 75 yards to defend the field because I would much rather ha- have – Every time, 75 yards to defend the field, then the crazy crap where sometimes it's 65, yeah. sometimes it's 55, sometimes it's five against Vanderbilt. Just stop it. Kick the ball in the end zone. Be done with it. Um, punting is Nislek, kid out of uh, Columbia. Columbia? Not Georgia. Count, not Columbia County. No. Not Columbia, Missouri. Not, not Columbia, Columbia, Maryland. Columbia. Columbia, the University on the Upper West Side yes. of New York. Yes. So... We can thank Will for that since he lived there all those years. Well, right. Will's a native New Yorker, I think. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. yes. Forget about Forget it. Forget about it. Why uh, don't bring that Chicago crap in here? <laughs> but that's New York. Yeah. Yeah. Forget, Forget about Forget it. About oh, it. Oh, did I miss a, did I miss yeah, a joke? Yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry. Did you um, hit save? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's funny. I, I, again, um, the, the kicking, obviously, that's still kind of a competition. I still – I still think Blankenship is the guy who ends up with him. Absolutely. I still think, I think so. And just, I, just picture his uh, post-game interview from oh, Kentucky, and that's all nice. you need to know. Helmet, glasses. Uh, you had to, it was, it's always nice when you're like, is there a kicker in there somewhere? Like, it's hard to find his face. Always enjoyable. Always, Everybody loves a good Rodrigo Blankenship. Well, that was a very good abbreviated – oh, let never me say mind. say one thing about okay. Crumpton. Akilah Crumpton is oh, going to yes. return uh, punts. 
may end up returning kickoffs. He's wearing Isaiah's number. Number 16. I would love for us to start a tradition, and maybe it starts with him, of us having uh, scat bag top returners wearing the number 16. And I don't know. I don't know what we do. Maybe hold up. We don't have 16 fingers. Hold up 10, 10 toes and six fingers or something. I don't know. Well, who, who else was historically wearing 16? Kirby wore 16. Kirby wore 16? There yeah. There you have it. You have it. Make it happen because he was really, really fast. <laughs> you know, I saw a highlight. I was showing the my boys. Uh, there was a highlight package that showed up on a on Twitter feed of uh, Kirby and all of his interceptions. I never saw any return yards. Yeah, no, he, he was, was always diving he was, on the ground. He was Mr. He was Mr. Jump, catch the ball and fall. Right. I right. mean not fall, dive, protect the ball. Right. He had he had more than I did in college, so that I can't say anything <laughs> more than that. Um so yeah, let's uh, that's a pretty good uh, kind of rundown on offense, defense, and special teams. So we do have a game, like we said, it was cool here in Athens today. It felt awesome, it felt like fall. And what is it now? By the time you listen to this, Maybe get it up on Wednesday. So the like after Mississippi State three game? days. Oh, yeah. Wow. yeah. Well, if, if it if it yeah. stays around. The, the, yeah. By the time files. you listen to this, you may be in the hereafter. Right. Well, kids, your, uh, kids, always save your work. Right. Always save your work. So uh, yeah, three days away or something like that till the first game. So let's break down App State. What's your first hot take? Well, we have played App State before. In 2013, Aaron Murray and the Dogs beat App State. I think 45 to six. One of the first, uh, one of the first football games I ever saw here. Oh, really? Yes. So I think LSU was the first game I actually ever saw here. That was a good one to pick. That was a good one. Yeah. Um, but App State is funny. Phil Steele. Everybody loves. Everybody loves. It's a good Phil Steele. Yeah, you always know it's Phil Steele because it's smart college football analysis and horrific, monstrous grammar and misspellings. Yeah. And that is that is Phil Steele. And nine point a gate type. Yes, and like just like my brain. And that weird four years where every year he picked Illinois as the sleeper, <laughs> as the national sleeper, did not actually turn out that way. Uh, but Phil Steele, so he actually picked South Florida, like a lot of people have, as the group of five representatives. Well, they struggled year. on Saturday. They did struggle. And then and they have they actually have a very tough uh, game in a couple of weeks against uh, a Power Five conference team, Lovey Smith and the Illinois Fighting Illini. We do get Charlie. Strong that sounds made up on a Friday night. On a Friday night. Well, that's when the Big Ten and the yeah. Mac South, whatever they are, play. <laughs> that is that is when the Big Ten makes the teams that aren't Michigan, Ohio State. <laughs> Although Ohio State, and Indiana State. kick off. On Thursday, that's on fun. Thursday that's night, Thursday they don't play on Friday. Yeah, Friday is for Illinois. <laughs> that's, that's the Illinois for like BYU. That's the South Carolina spot. Yeah. Illinois literally has three for that game. Of course they year. do. <laughs> so it's I will be at one. I will be one. I'll be in Nebraska, Illinois. Um, anyway, shame on you, Nebraska. Are the Champion Central Maroons not playing high school football anymore? Because they yeah, the, see the Maroons. Um, yeah, the Fisher Bunnies though are still the playing. Fisher Bunnies are still out there. Um, anyway, so uh, he picks out Florida as the Pooper 5 representative. However, he said his second pick was App State. He says App State is the App State is the heavy favorite to win the Sun Belt. Not just the favorite, they are the heavy favorite, not just not only do they have the most talent, they actually miss the other really good teams, which are Arkansas State and Troy, or Twa, as I prefer to call them. Um, they, <laughs> do that in Alabama. Do not, you get your, get your whipped. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like to note, by the way, I was showing uh, Scott earlier, I'm doing a story for the first ever home game by the Los Angeles Chargers, their first ever home oh, game. Oh, yeah. They're playing in Carson, California, home of uh, the... the uh, Dynamo, right? And, uh, and no, in no, the that's LA Houston, Galaxy. Yeah, uh, a soccer stadium that holds 25,000 people, which is fewer than Twa's home football stadium. T-R-O-I-S? No, 
Twa. Like 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 Patrick Law, like the old uh, hockey coach. I got you. <clears throat> anyway, the point is, is uh, Troy's home football stadium actually owns more people than where the LA Chargers will be playing this year. Is that going to be in your piece? That will be in my piece. Nice. Um, I looked that I because I, I looked up that. And, what about and Georgia State? Georgia State. Well, Georgia State hosts no, that has that has fewer because I'm going to be there on Thursday. I think they host thirty thousand. I'm really bummed. I can't go. Yeah, That's, I really wanted to go. But um, it's just, all right, so App State. We're playing App point State. Is, We're playing App point State. Is, point is, if App State, who, according to odds, but you look at the odds in this game. 14, I, 14 I, and a half. But if you look at even the plus minus, there is, I think, given them 10 to 15% odds to win this game. Yeah, they're about. Which is. I, I, Bill Conley gave them 20. Yeah, like that's, I mean, you telling me as a Georgia fan that App State's got a 20% chance of winning that game. Can you imagine? Maybe we'll get in, we'll get into this as we talk about this. App State, this is their shot. Like if they win this game, as Phil still points out, well, they get Wake Forest this year too. Yeah. Oh, do they? Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah, I think they're yeah. okay. That's there. probably their real shot since the ACC is the real power conference now. As Phil still points out, if they win this game, they will be favored every game the rest of the year, which I think would definitely get them in. Yeah. In, in, in the uh, the group of five. Spot. And then Georgia Southern can make a T-shirt when they lose to them. Yeah, <laughs> that's not bad. Scott Scott is not letting that go. But the point is, is this is a this is not Samford. This is not Georgia Southern, frankly. This is a very good team that is sees this as their game of the year and also has a history of not just the Michigan game, of course, but the Tennessee game last year. But they're zero and seven in those games. I agree, Michigan. but like I don't want to sweat this game. I don't want to be. I don't want to be one and seven. And this 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 game feels like a potential sweat it game and. I don't know with all we've kind of talked about, about getting excited about Georgia and how last year was the dry run and this is the year they're going to make their big step forward. This is kind of a scary game to have as your first game there. I would rather Samford be first than than, uh, Notre Dame and then App State as opposed to uh, uh, App State's a little scary for a team that is still figuring itself out. Yeah, I think the thing is, is, I mean, when you break down what they have, Taylor Lamb is basically Aaron Murray, um, maybe an inch taller, uh, without a brother that's going to end up on The Bachelor. But, uh, you know, he's been on a couple of those, too. Yeah, well, he's, you got to lean into what what it is (laughs) you're good at. Um, But, you know, Taylor Lamb is a game manager. I mean, and I don't mean that in a pejorative way. I just mean, like, he is, he's going to go out there, he's going to get his 200 yards, he's going to throw, you know, yeah, he's going to go, you know, 20 of 31. And, you know, if you get a pick, it's going to be because you made a really good play. Not because he did something stupid. Not because he did something stupid. Um, where you're going to end up making your money on App State is being disruptive on those um, 11 plays where he's not completing a pass. You're. Um, or in, in you know the four or five others, you create a sack and also making forcing them to put the game on Taylor Lamb's shoulders. Their offensive line is um, is pretty good. They had pretty good offensive line last year. Although their second, you know, basically their second rotation are all all kids that were playing high school football in the mountains of North Carolina last year. Um, so where you know in my mind where we're going to make our money on them is is just defensive disruption. Um, Look, we hold we hold Taylor Lamb to fifty percent. We oh, win this game going away, yeah. right? Because uh, I don't think they're going to run the ball great. I mean, they lost one of their top rushers last year. Uh, they combined for thirty rushes a game between a guy by the name of um, 
I'm not going to say this this way because it's uh, one guy named Moore and one guy named Cox. I almost said uh, the combo of Moore-Cox and I stopped myself. I think Cox is gone. Cox is now gone. Um, and when you just have Moore, yeah, that's like, not good enough. That reminds me of a dream I had. It does remind of a dream you had last night. But, you know, the, defensively, they're going to be young. Uh, they they have a lot of the players back except for in a couple places where – which is actually good for us. Um they lose a couple of guys in the, the defensive backfield. They lose at least one of their starters and in, in linebacker. Um, and I think their top sack guy. But what where I keep coming back to is thinking about what Brad Kaya did against them up in mm. in at App State. He just picked them apart. I mean, it wasn't like a you know it it wasn't like he th- went off for three hundred seventy five yards um, with a bunch of bombs. He just he was very consistent. It was actually what you would expect to see from Mark Rick quarterback right i mean i think one thing was i don't remember his line was exactly what exactly was it was something like 25 or 35 for 293 yards that hung 50 three touchdowns them, yeah and three touchdowns or something like that and it was just it, it that game was over after the second touchdown because app state realized there was no way they were going to be able to score without with uh, miami i mean just they just knew they was not going to keep up um but I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you, Will. This game has all the makings of one of those games where it is going to be a game that never is really in doubt, but also is a game that we never quite happy with because we didn't have the second string in late until late. And it's just it has all the makings of one of those 17 point blowouts. You, that, go ahead. You don't you don't think that they'll get up by 17, 20. Four and then put the second string in, and then have to be like, oh no, we got to put the first string. You know, you we've something. seen that before. Let me tell you something. I'm sick and tired of this. I'm ready for Georgia to take a lead and step on somebody's throat and just and just pound them into submission and just be done with it. There were none of those games. There were zero year. of those games last not year. Not even Nichols and, was and that we game didn't, last year. We, frankly, that's not what Mark Rick did. And that was a that was a source of contention for me. If we beat teams bad, it's because we jumped out. I'm like the what's it, oh five LSU game. We just ramped out the field on them and then they couldn't stop our second string either. Because we were just we were just that much in the zone. I'm ready for us to take oh, an opponent so that nice. we out talent and just Run up and down the field. I don't think this is the game. I don't either. But but if so it, negative. If it is, I'm oh sorry. Boy. App State's good, man. Good they were team. good last year. They're a good football team. Yeah, they were I, good I, last I mean, year, and they almost beat Tennessee, who beat Georgia last year. And the, and the sucky part about it is, no matter how we beat them, we're not going to get credit, right? We beat them. That's true. We beat them by 29, and everyone's like, well, it's just App State, right? right? Right, right. If we beat them, if we beat them by three, it's like. And, ooh, even yeah. if App State ends up to be eleven and one, it's a lose lose. Which is always kind of amazing to me. This is like this is such a no lose game to schedule, no win game to schedule in the first place. Well, they probably scheduled it years ago, right after they beat them in thirteen, and like, hey, come on back. But yeah. like, let's 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 just look at Satterf- Scott Satterfield. Forty four years old. Uh-huh. He played quarterback for App State. Was awesome for App State. Everybody loved him. This is the only place he's ever coached. They were before he came in. They were uh, they they were a losing team. He came in. They were four and eight their first year. Then they come in to the Sun Belt. They come into they remember they have Southern Conference. They're, they're now top, I, I still call it Division One A because I'm old. Right. But they come in immediately seven and five, eleven and two, ten and three. This is a local guy who is beloved here. Is now in his fourth year, which is. Generally, where people really start getting their teams together, he's got a lot. He's lost. He's lost some running back. He's lost the running back. But like, there's there's consistency. He's got his group in place. For all we've talked about Georgia, this is the like we have still have a lot of questions about how the coaching staff and the young and the, and the players are meshing. We have a lot of questions about 
Are they going to be ready? This is still going to be a process. This is exactly the type of team you don't want to play when you are still kind of figuring this out because this is a team that has a figure out. Do they have the talent of Georgia? Of course they don't have the talent of Georgia. But they have the, they have enough talent to dominate their league and they've got a coaching staff that's been in place for a while that has a plan, that has a quarterback that knows what he's doing and that's what makes me nervous about this. So with Notre Dame coming up the second week, would you rather have Samford and App State flip-flopped or would you I would. I would. Even before like a big road game yeah, to not be I tested. Think so. I think so. Just because uh, the the I still think Georgia win, will make our predictions. I still think Georgia wins this game, but the downside to winning this to, the, the uh, losing this game mm-hmm. is far so outweighs the upside. Is so yeah. bad. How, yeah, could you imagine how you'd feel game. going up to South Bend? So bad with the loss to. App I'm going to feel the same time about kickoff at, at Notre Dame, regardless. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that may that may have that may be for other reasons, but I mean I mean the, that, that's what I mean. So much of this we have invested in. Okay, last year was a bummer. Last year was a bummer, but here's why it might have been a bummer. Here's why it may have been an important part of the process. Here's the type of thing where maybe this had to happen to get us to where we are. But this is the year where already people are nervous and people are antsy. This is a really tough team to play in that first game. And to me, I'm trying to do this the other direction too, is that if they win this game or even win it convincingly, they deserve more credit for it than maybe they'll receive. I'm glad you brought that up because I was just looking at their schedule. I mean, App State is going to end up, if, they, if we beat them, they're going to end up 11-1. Um, when you look at Bill Conley's stats, there's only one game um, that they are favored to win by fewer than 74%, and that's Wake Forest. And they're still, they're still favored to beat Wake Forest. Right, they have Savannah State, Wake Forest at UMass, Coastal Carolina. Who are they? Mississippi State, uh, Coastal Carolina, Georgia Hawaii. Southern, or Hawaii, New Mexico State, UL Lafayette at Georgia State, at Idaho, at Texas State, at UL Monroe. The, when you look at the breakdown, what the projected margin margins are in that uh, breakdown, there's only one projected margin. Take Wake Forest out. That is below 14 points. That's at UMass. Um, that's, I mean, they're. They're, they, he is projecting them to go. I mean, the way he does percentages, he's projecting them to go, you know, like win nine plus games. But it, the reality is, he's projecting them to go eleven and one. Um, and the only game that's even remotely close to a toss up beside the Georgia game is Wake Forest. And still, he still has them projected to beat Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing that scares me is that their defense in is particularly straight out of the gate has potential to be. Uh, better enough than Georgia's offense to make it a, 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 a tight game. The problem I see for them and why I keep coming back to, and the reason, frankly, I'm picking them, uh, picking Georgia to beat them, and the way I'm picking to beat them is, you know, probably 14, 17 points, is that our defense is going to be that much better than their offense out of the gate as well. But I think if we are expecting, because Scott, I felt this even talking to you about this, that you feel like this should be. A blowout. So you think you're thinking no, this saying, is no, a no. thirty-eight? Well, you're predicting game. that. You feel like it should. It be should that. be. Yeah. Right. I, absolutely. Right. And I mean, I mean, last year we would have thought that too. But last year, I'm 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 turning the page, yeah. and I, they haven't shown yeah. me anything to doubt them. With the, I mean, you just see the gobs and gobs of talent they have, and how serious Kirby and his coaching staff are. Which I don't. You know, to be fair, I don't care if they release a depth chart. I know that goes completely on the opposite side of the spectrum, but to me, it tells them they are just laser focused. They don't really care what anybody says about them. So that tells me, you know, if you go twelve and zero, that's a great strategy. Yeah. So or eleven one. So let me ask you, which one do you feel better about? Thirty seven twenty or thirty thirteen? 
I think uh, 3013. Yeah. Yeah, because 3720 would be creeping in on that whole, and uh, even though it's only a difference of seven points, if like put in the second string, let them get a kind of like, uh, who was the other team that that got a couple of late touchdowns last year that looked a lot closer than it was? I don't even remember, but it's uh, happened before. Yeah, no, I, yeah, hold on. Maybe South Carolina was, South Carolina like, was like that. Yeah, yeah, we scored a touchdown know, on it. Yeah. Just, those are the, well, those frankly, are, Georgia Tech was kind of like that until they won. Until yeah. they yeah. until they See, and that, that's what it sets it up for. Those are the bittersweet wins. Yeah. And you're like, ah, oh, you know, because I'm with you, Tony. I want, I want to see someone just like back at the senior year of Aaron Murray, you know, where we just wiped the floor with somebody. Yeah. You know, I that's mean, again, what I want to see. Because the, last year we just had to – we had four – you know, I looked in the media guide and I think there's been five instances throughout when they've been keeping it where Georgia, they have this stat where come from behind victories of greater than, you know, a touchdown. And it happened four times last year where Georgia did come back. Yeah. It's happened five times in Georgia's history. All the other years they had maybe two, one, three games, but that is the high watermark. And to me – that's not necessarily, and I didn't see the years, but that's not necessarily the telltale sign of a solid team that's going to make you happy to be a fan. I mean, let's think of it this way. Last year, they only won two games by double digits. That's amazing. Like, that's like that's bad. <laughs> I think that changes this year. Oh, I do, too. Yeah. I do, too. And it starts but like, Saturday. It's funny we keep even talking about this, the idea that we talk about the nickel. Obviously, the Nichols game was a disaster, and it's like... They really could have lost that game. Last year. The more I think about Mickle State, the matter I get. About it's insane. That game. It's, it's crazy. absolutely insane. Horrible. You, like, that might be the worst game, and I've seen like Nichols at least two. Vanderbilt, what about that six three Missouri win a couple years ago? But that's an SEC that was, team. Yeah. yeah. No, are, are they Nichols? <laughs> but Nichols. Well, they have is, SEC jerseys. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Occasionally, um, but Nichols like was not even good. The rest they of the were year. abysmal in their like. It's just. It's division. really shocking. Like, not only did they not win that game by very much, they like they were what Georgia was one play away from giving that game up. Oh but that's, yeah, so, like that's obvious. Like, but even like the Louisiana Lafayette game, which is the other supposedly that was game, the one that they, they won by fourteen. Yeah, yeah. they did not. But, play they, but game. they were up really big. Yeah, but they still never. Played I know. Away. I know. And and so for me, that is that is has to. I don't know if that changes this week because App State is so. No, I think that's right. I don't. I don't disagree teams. with that. But. If they, I'll put it this way, I would be so much more impressed by a 14 point comfortable, not completely comfortable, a cruise win, but a 14 point, you've got the ball, we kind of chill out the last half of the fourth quarter. That to me would be more impressive than even, you know, beating Vanderbilt by 20 points. Absate's better than Vanderbilt this year. I think that's so right. They are. Yeah. Yeah. And that should be, on one hand, like, all right, we should be able to kill Vanderbilt all the time. That shouldn't be scary for us. On the other hand, they lost to Vanderbilt home last year. And if they lose this game, people are going to lose their minds yeah. if they lose this game. Probably time for the prediction. I do not think they're going to lose this game. And I actually think they win by 17. I can, I'll, put, I'll put them at like 38-21. Which is, I think, will disappoint some fans, but for me, is a pretty impressive margin. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not usually good about putting points on the game, but thirty thirteen feels right to me. Yeah, I'll go with another seventeen. Sure, seventeen. I mean, like I said, I've been saying all along, this is one of those fourteen seventeen point wins. You don't really. I think they get in the forties. I think there's a defensive score because I I kind of see this defense turning into like Alabama defense East, to where you know you got someone like Eddie Jackson. You know, taking punts and then taking one to the house off defense or something like that. At least that's what I hope to see. 
All right. All right. So, so I guess we need to roll right into the rest of the Georgia's picks. Yes. Or do we, we, we do we do we want to do the fun office polls first? And wait, then, we're doing we're doing the schedule. Yeah, we did because we did that last week and nobody heard it. I so. forgot what I what I picked. Uh, well, you this, wrote it down though. Yeah, I know, but I, I, I threw it away in a fit of rage. Ah, um, okay. But, I, I know what I picked. <laughs> You're so snitty. <laughs> I did not throw it away in a fit of rage. I think I just threw it away because I assumed, well, they've got it on the podcast now. I won't have to worry about that again. And here we are. Um, okay, so let's go game by game. All three of us have Georgia and I remember who I picked. State. Are you really saving this? Now I hadn't been saved yet. We're still kind of. No, you're saying. See, that's it was funny on a different way, but yeah, yeah I like it. Yeah. Okay, so I'm writing down right here to get everybody's everybody's picks. So first game of the year, we all of us have. There is Scott. State. Well, doesn't this Tony. then take the uh, I guess anticipation from our listeners wondering who we're going to pick. As the games go on, like next well, week, they'll well, be like, oh, they picked Notre Dame already. Just right? a method to your madness of not saving last week's Yeah, podcast. but obviously, like last year at the beginning of the season, we might have picked them to, say, wipe out Florida. By the time that game started, but, we were like, they're losing that but game. But to me, you know, and just to be fair, to me, this is kind of like when the movie preview gives away too much of the movie and you're like, oh, I'm not going to see it now. Guys, we are a Georgia season preview podcast. How do we not go through the season? Okay, we're going to make predictions throughout the year. I'll tell you what. Here's what we're going to do. I will keep it this time. Okay. okay. And I will mark each time. I will keep it. I'll put it on my And wall. I'll bleep it every time we say something. <laughs> and I, but my point is, is when you change a pick from what you did preseason, uh-huh. I will remind you. Okay. How about that? That's fair. Okay. Okay. So we both picked, we all picked Georgia over App State. Yes. Let's go Georgia at Notre Dame. I will start. I feel like Notre Dame is going to bounce back this year. And I feel this. Uh, it's amazing I, kind of how I'll pull the band aid off. I'll pull the band aid off. I think Notre Dame's going to win. Me too. We don't have to get into too much discussion. And by the way, yeah. this is what we picked last week because yes. Scott's giving me exactly the same look yes. as last week. Yeah, yeah. Get, and the reason I'm giving that look is I'm like, they were 4-8 and eight last year, and they don't really have a tested quarterback. They it's were. Brian Kelly, and Brian Kelly, they're good. See, y'all get to go to the game. I get to watch the close-up on Brian Kelly yeah. losing his mind on the sideline. <laughs> they were probably the best 4-8 and eight team in the nation last year. I know, Oregon. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to pick Georgia. Georgia's going to be 2-0. and oh. Okay, 2-0. and oh. Wow. Okay, next is home against Samford. Mm. The dogs. Well, yeah, they are the Bulldogs. That's Samford true. is the Bulldogs. Okay, next, then September I'm right. 23rd, <laughs> home against Mississippi State. Wow. See, this game has a lot Bulldogs of potential. Bulldogs back-to-back is... A lot of potential to be crazy. I think Nick Fitzgerald is going to be a breakout player um, in the SEC. I mean, he, Who, who's their defensive coordinator? A guy by the name of Todd Grantham. Oh, right. He, so, I feel like I've heard that name before. I feel like... He is. I don't know if you heard this, but he simplified his offense defense a lot, mm-hmm. um, which I suspect means that now that he has, he only have five players looking at the sideline with their arms in the air trying to figure out what the call is. Um, I think Georgia wins this game. I think it's going to be one of our funnest games of the season, though. That reeks of a fun like forty five. Yeah. Oh yeah, this this has like, shootout yeah. Pew, yeah. written all over it. Um, I'm also picking Georgia, but I think Georgia wins. Yeah, I think Georgia wins that because. Todd Grantham is in his first year there, and confusion will Rain. occur. Rain. Yeah, there you go. September 30th, Georgia at Tennessee. We beat the crap out of them. Yeah. I I mean, absolute house. It, it's time. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I agree, but, man, it's I the, want For it. your birthday's sake, yes. we need them to win. That's my 40th birthday. Uh, my, I, I felt bad for myself and Georgia. I felt bad for all of you guys watching the game on the phone in the parking lot yeah. as it all falls apart. I uh, was in so, Indiana at my in-law, or no, yeah. I don't know, somebody's birthday or something, in some 
sidewalk Tennessee fan that my wife is related to. Probably not anymore. I'm sure they're divorced. Uh, was there. Southern Indiana man. October 7th, Georgia at Vanderbilt. That's an easy one. As long as we don't give up a 95-yard kickoff return at the opening kickoff, I feel good. Okay. Uh, October 14th, Missouri is in the SEC. Missouri at Georgia. I'm going to say 9-6, to six, Georgia wins. <laughs> Dude, if that game's nine to six, people lose their crap so bad. Well, I'm just multiplying from the last time they were here. So bad, they will lose their crap. I think we win that game. Okay, October twenty eighth, three thirty. Yes, it's uh, Georgia, Florida. That's the one they lose because they always lose Florida, and I quit going because I've seen one victory and like twelve times going down there. So I I quit going. I think it's time. Georgia wins this game. I, I agree. So yep. we all three of us right now, by the way, have Georgia at seven and one. November fourth, the one game I'll be missing this year uh, at home: South Carolina at Georgia. This is another fun game. I think South Carolina, South Carolina has all the potential to be second in the East. Uh, I, I don't we think talked they about will this in the be. Show. Right. I think they're a lot better. They're so much better than Missouri or Kentucky. Yeah, I don't think they will be. I think Florida still will be better than them. But look out for for them. Um, I've got them third. Yeah, I've got them ahead of I Tennessee. I am third. I got them ahead of Tennessee as well. And but, but I still think they I still think we win. Yeah. November eleventh, eleven eleven. Georgia at Auburn. I tell you guys, I said uh two weeks ago, three weeks ago, how long was the last podcast with Scott saved? Um <laughs> sorry man. No, don't sorry. apologize. I, I just, I just, <laughs> he's, listen, if we bring it up all year, he's then crying. We're being jerk. He's crying. No, he's I, crying. No, I can he's crying. He's that. crying like if I was at the up, eclipse. If we bring, <laughs> if we bring it up all year, yeah. then we're being jerk. Yeah, we, we get to, one show to play. We have not even talked about spare tire duval yet. So yeah, yeah. well, but, okay. <laughs> no, no. But you know, here, here's the way I feel about this, and just just so you know, you're not hurting my feelings. It's like you know, because I have a middle child. You have a middle child. Yeah. The middle child doesn't care what kind of attention he gets. It's just attention. It's just attention. So that, that's how I feel. So even if the middle child, like, for example, pees his pants and eats doesn't pace. Matter, right? You've, you've and, met Charlie. Yeah. Right. Um, so the, uh, I, think, I think Auburn goes undefeated in the regular season. I, I, they, every time they've had a quarterback that fits Malzahn's system with him as the coach, they're either the offensive coordinator or head coach. They've done really well with him. Instead of just fits that bill. For that matter, White Sean or Sean White or whatever his name is does too and coming off the bench. So even if Stidham breaks a leg or whatever it is they do with Baylor quarterbacks, um, I think Sean White's going to be good enough, especially with their defense, to get him there. I'm not sure they beat Clemson, but I do think – and I'm not sure they beat Alabama, but I do think they win this game. I think Georgia's won five in a row in the yep. series. Yep. So what did Tuberville do for one for the thumb? So and and you know last year I know we're not really comparing year to year and year, last year's a really a bad year to compare it but that was the most comfortable thirteen to seven win I've ever sat through. They look Georgia. Georgia. It's funny they, for all the you're troubles, right. It was for, it was. that was a top ten team. Yeah. And for all the troubles that Georgia had last year, Georgia looked like I mean, clearly. The I mean because I think I remember t- leaning over to you during the game. I was like, we're going to win this game. I yeah. Just, yeah. But yeah. it was the same opposite feeling as Nichols where we were up, but we yeah. were like, we're going to lose this game yeah. anyway. Yeah. So you're picking? Georgia. Georgia. Okay. And then we have November 18th, Senior Day, Kentucky at Georgia. Rodrigo Blankenship kicks five field goals, and Georgia still wins by 28. Because he owns Kentucky. Because he is – Kentucky is, is his personal <laughs> he's, he's, he's going to wear his helmet all week. Um, all right, and then the – My question, if that's the blackout game, 
Yeah. Let's see you switch to red goggles. Oh, that's a good question. You know, because uh, Rodrigo, if you're listening to this, John has a black mustache. Is he scholarship yet? Can he afford new uh, two pairs of goggles? Um, okay. <laughs> Actually, no. <laughs> November twenty fifth. By the way, Miss, uh, the University of Mississippi has a guy that's an optometrist, so he should. They, see they that got guy. Yeah, they know a guy. Um, I, uh, he's an optometrist slash. Um, uh, you know, he knows how to find people on uh, through the phone. Uh, okay, November twenty fifth. Georgia at Georgia Tech. A game, once again, I hope is not at noon. That's the one game. One My one request every year for this game not to be at noon. Um, November 25th, Georgia at Georgia Tech. Georgia wins because it's uh, at Bobby Dodd, Mark Field. I think Georgia wins big. Okay, so that leaves us with two things I take away. One, Scott has Georgia at 11-1. and one. Tony and I have them at 10-2. and two. But also... It's hard to imagine a scenario where they don't win the SEC. They, we all have them winning. The For SEC. the record, I think I picked them to go eight and four last year, or nine and three. Nine and three was the number last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have them all in the SEC East. You have Auburn winning the SEC West. I have Auburn. Winning I have the SEC Alabama West. winning the SEC West. I have Auburn. Do you guys think they beat Auburn? It's hard to beat a team twice in one year, but Georgia will find a way to do that. Similar to how they beat LSU twice. Uh, what in 05, I think yeah. so, to win the SEC. I have uh, so I, I I will leave suspense for Tony because I have them playing Alabama and losing to Alabama in the SEC championship game. I have them losing to Auburn as well, but making a New York six ball. Okay, so New York. That was is it, is it going to be like that? It's intentional. Okay. Okay. Now, now yeah. it's New York six. New York six ball. Regretfully, it, every time I you, look, you got to make sure you're correct on your stats. Every time, nice, nice. Every time, every time I try to come up with a scenario, it ends up with us playing South Florida in the Chick Fil A. But <laughs> you know what? If we play in a New York six ball, I'll take that. And that it would be if we were at the Chick Fil A or Peach Bowl, it'd be at the Dome. So we go check it out. Yeah, I'd say if it'd be at the Mercedes Benz Dome. I'd... Well, you want to? <laughs> it, it opened, by the way. It opened. Did you see it opened? My sister, Wait a minute, my sister, uh, yeah. the, roof, the Megatron's a noose, and uh, it's also worth noting in my scenario. One of my most annoying things I mentioned this in the Seth Emerson podcast. One of the most annoying things that people do is about what is what I'm literally just about to do, which is to predict Georgia to play Miami in a bowl game. That would be awesome because I do think Miami. Would is it? Going, I'm ready for it. I mean, I, so I, what? I, there's no upside. I'm sure Kirby Smart doesn't want it. No, and, well, no, of uh, course not. And you know, it won't happen because Greg McGarity will get together with. Uh, but but to me, the, the only way it doesn't happen, the only way it can happen, is if it's in a New Year Six Bowl, which yeah, can. I would can. argue that it would because I think Miami is going to win their side they could, and yeah. lose. Lose to uh, Florida State. That would be awesome. And then, well, uh, see, I still have I have the SEC champ, ACC champ, not making the college right. football and playoffs. I have, the men. I have the Big Ten champ. Not making I it. forgot what I produced. But you have <laughs> Georgia in the playoffs. I guess I do, since they're going to beat Auburn. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I, like Georgia it. I hope Men- you're right. I really do. Is the, here's my last question: If your scenario goes through and they win that semifinal game, how expensive is that ticket at Mercedes-Benz Stadium for the national championship? National more than thousand bucks for your Notre Dame. Oh yes, I would. I would. Oh, a thousand so. bucks, easy. Oh, I think it's more. I yeah, think it's more. Yeah, yeah, it really is. I mean, not everybody buys their tickets like four weeks before the game. Well, I, yes, I think it's more. <laughs> So, okay, now it's time to make our picks. Picks, picks, picks. All right. Picks, uh, you want me to pull it up? Did you I got it. it up? You got I, it think, up. I think, quickly. by the way, I, first off, first off, first quickly, off. though, I will say, I think I, I like to give assignment. I think his punishment for not saving last week is I'm giving him I haven't saved it this week yet. <laughs> is to give assignments. 
I think we need like a little musical something or a picks, 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 picks to show. Because for people that are like, okay, I don't care about the picks so much. I only care about the Georgia thing. This is the time to let them know that they can stop. Yeah, by the way, if you want to join our pool, we're at funofficepools.com. Uh, you can find the link to that at the Georgia Sports blog. I will post it one more time. We're doing something a little different. Uh, last year, all the picks closed at noon, unless the games kicked off before noon. This year, all the games close as they kick off. So if somehow you forget to uh, get in by noon, you can still get all those later games and pick up points. So join us. I think we have 140 or 50 guys in it. And guys, ladies too. Mm-hmm. People. Oh, I'm people. sure Jay Carey's in there. She's going to her name, by the way. Yeah, she's going, she's going, she's going this weekend, and my sister's going with her as her plus one. Nice. This weekend to the game. Because oh, they're, awesome. they're, they're friends. Are they coming by the tailgate? I don't know. I haven't heard from her, so I'm, she's I got be. like her own. She has like a fancy tailgate tail, tail, down, down by the dog. Yeah, walk. I know they in that group. How's dog walk working this year, by the way, with all the it's the same. It's going through, but they're gonna they just, they'll have a path through the construction. Okay, yeah, yeah. That group, I, I'm actually that's who I tailgate with at George, Florida. That mm-hmm. group down there at Clark Howell, they're great. They're awesome fun. Uh, they're part of the big group that's going to tailgate to do the. Uh, whatever the big tailgate is in Notre Dame, but uh, they keep saying you should just shut down yours down. But you know, I'm a little prideful of the tailgate oh, that Wayne and I run, and rules. it's it's perfect where we are. And um, I I was in this town and didn't know a single freaking person, and your tailgate welcomed me with open arms. I will always stop by. Well, thank you. All right, so I've got it pulled up here. First game is Friday, September first. That's just a couple days from now. Uh, we're gonna. I'm better on my military time this year. It's the eight o'clock kick. Colorado, Colorado State up in uh, what Invesco Fieldhouse or Invesco Stadium Field. or something. Fieldhouse. Yeah. Oh my god. You're gonna play basketball in there. Colorado, Colorado State. What do you got, Tony? I um. I was trying to. Oh, look, and by the way, picks to see who I. Yeah, actually this picked. is not against the spread. It's just straight up, and then you add a confidence pick, and don't do what I do, where I always forget Ignore. to put my yeah. confidence picks. in. I'm Colorado State. And, this, and I I have my picks there, but this is my pick. These are my picks before um, what happened the other night against Oregon State, Colorado State. I'm gonna go ahead and pick Colorado. I I think they are in moving in the right direction. I like what Bobo is doing. What a odd non-conference schedule, by the way. Like they get Alabama <laughs> in a couple yeah. of weeks. Yeah. Like he is scheduling big. Yeah. To say yeah. The least. No, well, Col- if you're Colorado State, who's your who's your patty cake? Like Fort Collins High School. I mean, you're the dude. I mean, basically, if you're Mike Bobo and you're trying to upgrade to another job, yeah. you yeah. play really tough teams yeah. and look good on national. Although uh, Fort Collins is not a bad place to live. So I'm picking Colorado. Yeah, I'm going to go with Colorado as well. Next game, uh, a, a great one to start out your college football viewing at noon on Saturday. Illinois Ball, Ball State. Ball State at Illinois. Yes. yes. I'd like to know, by the way, just a brief moment. Ball State is picked last mm-hmm. in the MAC this year. Mm-hmm. Illinois is hosting them. Illinois is a four-point favorite in this game. It says game. seven and a half here. Last last line was four. Last line I saw was four, wow. um, which is really sad. Uh, Illinois is starting roughly half freshmen this year. If you, they actually do put out their depth chart, I'm there. just glad I don't have to hear you say West Lunt anymore. <laughs> yes, now it's Chase Crouch. Oh, yeah, that's even worse. <laughs> no, even worse than that, Jeff George Jr. Oh. <laughs> that's the backup. Um, but Illinois he just threw his helmet through a wall. <laughs> uh, they are starting almost all. Definitely, they're half their starters are freshmen this year. I think Lovey Smith. The thing I try to remind people about Illinois because there's this big idea like Lovey Smith made a mistake to coming here last year was such a mess. He was hired. Imagine if Kirby Smart would have been hired in May. 
of last year. That we would all consider that first year just a practice year, and it wouldn't have mattered. That's what Lovey Smith did. This could should be considered Lovey Smith's first year. I think if they win three games, it's fine. They're moving in the right direction. But I do think this is one of their three wins. Well, I mean, Lovey Smith also was hired to restore some character and yes. some let's let's not make injured players practice kind of like yeah. and also some gravitas of and i think he's doing that seriousness I oh i think that's right in all seriousness um, one last thing on illinois i promise is the last thing there's a man named robert who runs a site called a line he wrote twenty five thousand words he writes every year he does this he does a pre he does a preview guide for illinois football this last year it was thirty one thousand words this year is twenty six thousand words about the Illinois football team. He is averaging roughly four thousand words per win over uh, over the last few years. That's dedication, so, boys. Uh, so yeah, so bless his heart. Bless his heart. Um all right, that's it. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Too much Illinois. That's probably a little late to be honest. I'm picking Ball State, but I did move it down from eleven to six on the conference. You actually points. picking Ball State in that game? I just I won't be able to say this very often. They're gonna go winless I if, hope, they, if they lose the I Ball ho- State. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I lose those six they points. Are losing. But, they're, they're well, losing. I have a feeling Tony's gonna put the Illinois game every week on it, and I won't be able to say Illinois yeah. very often, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Thank Illinois. Thank you, Scott. I yeah. appreciate that. Uh next game, uh Temple at Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Notre Dame. All right, uh, Vandy visits Murfreesboro, Murfreesboro, Middle Tennessee State. That is State. a home game for Middle Tennessee State. Mm. Shame on you, Vanderbilt. And let me tell you something, man. Hey, if Miami can go to App State. I know, they shouldn't have. I, I, I mean, I picked Vanderbilt to win that game just because I couldn't put the check mark in Middle Tennessee State, but that wouldn't surprise me in the least. I feel like Vanderbilt for, I mean, again, as we talked about in the preview podcast, Derek Mason, we just thought he was just this horrific fit. A year ago, and now things tend to. I mean, be moving the stage job playing for the Titans. <laughs> yes, it seems to be moving in the right direction now. I'll pick Vanderbilt in this game. I think Middle Tennessee is going to win it. Wow, because they're at home. I, look forward I, I mean, to this, what is it like from you guys? 10, 15 wow. miles from That's, Nashville. Yeah, yeah thirty. Uh, okay, we'll go with that. A and M visits UCLA. A and M beat them last year in College Station, and uh, I don't know. UCLA's favored by four and a half. I think. I think the Bruins win. Uh, they they have better quarterback play. Um, I, I don't like picking Jim Mora, but no, yeah, I think they do. I do like picking Josh Rosen, and I like picking against Kevin Selblin, who is going to I think have a very long year. I yeah, think UCLA. Yeah. I think UCLA. He's still going to coach in the Raiders or something. <laughs> yeah. All Somehow. right. Somehow. Uh, huh? Somehow. Never mind. Go on. The coach with the greatest hairline versus Virginia Tech. I have no idea. Dana Holgerson. Oh, Dana Holgerson. Have you ever seen I him when we he takes his hat off? He's got that. I thought we were talking about Gundy. He looks like Gene Wilder. <laughs> I was like, is Oklahoma State on here? No, this is a this is, this is actually probably our two ranked our, our teams. Best matchup outside Florida, Michigan, uh, and Alabama, Florida State. Um, I picked Virginia Tech. I couldn't tell you why I did, but I didn't put a lot of confidence points on them. I think West Virginia is a year away from really getting that going the right direction. I'll pick Virginia Tech. I'll take uh, the Mountaineers. Uh, okay, we had a fun uh, Twitter back and forth uh, last week about this game: South Carolina, North Carolina State. <laughs> they're so they're so forgettable. North, North Carolina, Carolina State, State is a hit pick for a lot of people this year. Lots of people like North Carolina State. Oh, I yeah. think South Carolina is better. I don't think they're good enough to beat North Carolina State. Yeah, I think that's probably right. I, I think those those are the two surprise teams of both conferences. Um, particularly their divisions in their conferences. I think North Carolina State wins. 
Well, w- during my Twitter back and forth, and one oh, I remember some, that now. Some, some North Carolina State fan, I guess, saw They looked up a hashtag. I don't know. They saw it, and they said, well, this year it changes, or the ACC's back, or whatever. And he put, like, a thumbs up or something with a little wolf head. And I responded with two things. One, if North, any time North Carolina State plays South Carolina, you will not you will you will find this podcast pulling for North Carolina State. I mean, it's not an SEC thing. And That's two, truthy. I didn't know there was a wolf emoji, which is amazing. So which was more relevant? That to was you. more yeah. relevant. So the Wolfpack has a wolf emoji. All we have for Georgia is a little paw prints. Yeah, which well, I use a dog often. head. Which looks like Clemson. Yeah, I don't use a, the little. That's a puppy dog. It's not yeah, a bulldog. I know. I'm with you. Uh, all right, so we got a uh, North Carolina State on that. Uh, Kentucky at Southern Miss. Shame on you, Kentucky, for going down <laughs> to Hattiesburg. Oh, come on. I hope Kentucky wins this game. I think Kentucky's going to be a little better than Kevin Carpenter. I'm picking Kentucky to win this game. Yeah, Kentucky wins. Uh, all right, Florida without Antonio Callaway versus Michigan. I feel like if this were happening at the end, this game would be so much better if it were in week 10. Yeah. Because Michigan's going to have its own kind of transition things, and Florida's got all the suspended players. Um, oof, this is a tough call. I'm going to go ahead and go with – my prediction is the Big Ten will get no teams in the, in the playoff this year. The first path to that is Michigan losing this game and then later messing up Penn State and or Ohio State season. So I'm picking Florida. Wow. I just I, – I think Michigan vaults all the way up to number four by winning this game. I don't think Michigan – I think this is going to be more of a transitional year for Michigan than people think. I hope you're right. And I got to be honest. I you, know, you went on a very long rant about Kirby, but – how Harbaugh is conducting his it's business. Worse. It's, it's so much way worse. worse. It's so much worse. Because like you can like you can argue I think it's more than that, but you can argue that Kirby's thing is just a media thing. This is yeah. an actual no, student. He's just Yeah, like this is much worse. Much Sorry, worse. Scott. I'm just That's you can okay. leave that in. My mama knows you I say can that word. Say that word on on NBC I know, but it's, now. It's not that it's not that I don't care about y'all cursing. It's just that I've started a precedent from like episode one to ninety three, a blanket. Okay, well I will. Yeah, use well for the first now. eighty years of television, you can do it. And now, what are you an attorney? <laughs> Actually, that's that's me. <laughs> no, that's you. All right, next game, a game that might not be played. Who'd you pick, by the way? Florida. Okay. Now this game is this game's been moved. Has officially, it been moved officially? Where is it? New Orleans. Okay, they're going to New Orleans. LSU and BYU. Against New Orleans, there's no way LSU loses. Yeah. No, there's no way. I bet I, BYU's like, oh. I have to say, I, like, I do hope, however, that there are two, at least one or maybe two BYU players that get suspended after this game for being like, oh, this is what we've been missing. Yeah. Uh, let's let's that, sin. Has BYU ever played in New Orleans? Have they ever played in the Sugar Bowl? Back in the I'm 80s sure they have. Hold sure on. They have. No, wait a minute. No, no. BYU routinely goes to Las Vegas. That's, oh, that's that was right. what it is. That's, that's right. What it yeah. Is. So this I will, feel like they can but handle New Orleans Vegas. Is well, I mean, yeah. look. The LDS <laughs> Vegas, does not have stay in the room. Yeah. LDS does not have an analog to Rumspringa. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So this is really going to be as much as a con- contrast of fan bases. This is going to be in in Houston. Imagine being in LSU's backyard. Yeah. Yeah. Your yeah. prayers out for Houston, y'all. It's bad. Yeah. All right, uh, Bama, Florida State. Oof. All right, get you some, Will. Mm. I really, I'm not, I'm not picking against Alabama. But you can't, no, man. I gotta tell you, Florida State is stacked, man. Like they got, like they're the only team in football right now. I would argue that 
they can't match Alabama for talent, but I think they have the second most talent in in college football right now. I still think Alabama wins because I'm not paying against Alabama, but this is this is the one team that could that could come closest to match them at this point. I think Alabama wins going away. Yeah, I mean that's kind of. I think that the Clemson game is out of their system, and they're going to go back to just picking people up and let them kick. I mean, all Florida's a state. It's almost like a. You know, you're waiting for them to do something dumb, and until you you go out there and it's the third quarter, and you're like, "Well, Alabama just doesn't look yeah. like what I've." So I, I'm just going off last year. Yeah, I want, I want this Alabama. game to be close yeah. at halftime because we'll be getting out exactly. at that time yeah. and we'll be able exactly. to watch the second half. Yeah, exactly. and, and I mean, I'm fine if Florida State wins this game. So if you're like, "Ah, oh, you want Alabama to win," big no, I don't want Alabama to win. I think they're going to win. And somebody else that you're fine with winning is probably, and this might I might be stepping overstepping our boundaries. Next game, you'll you'll be fine if Georgia Tech beats Tennessee, right? Yeah, this is uh, I hope game. the officials win. Yeah, is Penn Wagers calling this game? <laughs> um, I don't, uh, why do I have to pick this game? This is so put this a in like, there. I'm I'm very interested in this game. It's kind. Of, it's such an annoying game. It is annoying, but it's <laughs> going to be interesting just, to watch and and who I end up. I'm, I'm sure I'll be rooting for different people. Well, I mean, the entire game. Put it this way: there are upsides for me, no matter who wins or who loses. Right? right. If um, the upside for me of Georgia Tech. Wins is that smug Paul uh, Johnson? Smug Paul Johnson will be off the charts, and he is. Let's be let's let's just be fair about what it is. Smug Paul Johnson's good for college football in the same way Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach are. Um, if Tennessee wins, you know we get we get another yet another week of brick by brick and George Tech loss. So yeah, I, I'm picking Tennessee to win, but I hope it's like quadruple overtime. I hope I hope I hope we get a, a meme that replaces. Um, uh, Frank Beamer holding his hands up at zero zero in overtime, and I hope you know George Tech wins on a safety or something. I think that this is going to be the one good point for Tennessee's year. This is going to be their win, and I bet by the end of the year Georgia Tech has a better record than Tennessee, and we generally consider them better than Tennessee. But I think Tennessee wins this game. Look at the record, Will. <laughs> That's right. We I are. think I look think at head to head, Will. I think Georgia Tech is you. going to. Boat race them. No, oh, that would be I mean, fun. They are, you know they are in there the, is no there is no outcome in this that makes me happy. So I'm fine. If, with that. if that offense and it, it especially happens at the beginning of the year, because I remember a couple years ago, I was like, oh my gosh, we got to play Georgia Tech this year, and they're unstoppable. I just think that you know Paul Johnson, he he can kind of script everything. You know, he calls everything. He doesn't wear headsets. He's like, hmm, let's let's run this play. Let's let's run it to the left this time. Let's do a counter. You know, whatever. But if that offense, which it very could, because I just don't trust the Tennessee coaching staff. I think they're dumb. You know, uh, yeah, they beat us the past two years, but it doesn't take away the fact that well, the Brady Hoke factor is in the fact. There you go. So I think I think there is a, yeah. a distinct this is possibility. Just, it's just such a fascinating game that 100%. Georgia Tech gets running and running and running, and then next thing you know, Tennessee's down twenty-one nothing, and it's not Bristol. I know? mean, the nightmare at that point is. I mean, does he get fired by the Georgia game? Yeah, I know. <laughs> and we've already made our predictions for Georgia App State, so that is it. That's it. That's it. All right, now first, oh, yes, I had some questions. Oh, yeah, questions. man. Yes, bring not it. not many. Don't don't get too excited. I didn't think you had many. I don't have many questions. I have a yeah. I do have a question. Um, oh, I wanted. To, I, I wrote this down. Are we going to still champion the UGA chant soccer style? Ooh, I said the word. Yeah, you know, like, I, I Emma, like Atlanta United, you, 
Gee, it, yeah, I mean, it kind of di- it kind of fizzled a little bit, and I wrote that down to ask if yeah. we were going to bring. And Lenny Knight's struggling right now. That's probably another factor. Uh, great, so. Are they? I haven't seen them lately. Yeah, they've had enough. It's getting football season. You already forgot. Yeah, about I know. I've forgotten about it. Okay, moving on. Well, they played DC United like nine times in the past three weeks. So, um, yeah, I think we should. Okay, make it happen. We'll work on that. All right, so I, I wrote down five famous alumni from Appalachian State University. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I'm going to do this, but uh, I'll maybe let you guess. Um, one of them spent time in the Atlanta Falcons' backfield in the 1980s, and it's not Gerald Riggs. That's not William. Or William Andrews. Not Willie Henderson's. Um, I think couldn't he, tell you. I think he wore number 44. I'm out. I got nothing. John Settle. Dude, no, I don't remember that guy. I pulled at that all. one out. Okay, uh, this was the uh, one. Of, you remember Sam Mills? Mm-hmm. He did not go to App State, but he was a small, <laughs> yeah, smallish middle linebacker. Oh right? yeah, badass. So the Dallas Cowboys had one also. It was just a beast, and was all over went the place. Went to App State. Went to App State. Mm-hmm. Couldn't tell you. I was impressed. I knew Sam Mills to be honest. Yeah, Dexter Coakley. Dexter Coakley. Hey, he was good. I did know Dexter Coakley. I knew really? Smallish, but just I knew Dexter got Coakley. after it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Generally speaking, those smallish guys that get after it are all the ones that have CTE problems. Like, yeah. Not for nothing. Yeah, they were, they were all, all big hitters. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's yeah, how you do sense. it. Um, all right. So uh, basketball legend, I'm kind of ashamed to not know exactly this guy's uh, pedigree in the NBA, but I know he's an announcer now or something or a coach. No, maybe he's a coach. I don't know. I recognize These his name. really bad clues. No, but you're going to – look, look. He's an I announcer, should, a coach. He lives He somewhere. might be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. I mean, I should know exactly where he played in this. I don't, and mm-hmm. I'm ashamed to admit that. Um, so I can't really, really give you any hints. Alvin Gentry. Alvin Gentry. Okay, he coached Detroit. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah coach Detroit. He with Alvin Gentry. Did he yeah. play? Yeah, he yeah. Might be, I mean, he's more known as a coach. Okay, that's yeah. what it was. We're over three. Yeah, yeah, but I All mean, right. that was not. I mean, that, that, that was a guy that played basketball. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Okay, <laughs> uh, has hair when somewhere. <laughs> All right, so think about a country music singer oh, that see, is I famous would, for wearing only his Ray Bans. Yeah, I got nothing here. Always wearing Ray Bans. Was it? Has it been since two thousand nine? Oh, he's very current right now. No, I don't know. This not country music right now. Then. It's not country music. He's we don't sing- even start. It can't be country music. <laughs> yeah. He's he's not like Florida Georgia Line or Luke Bryan. He's is he? Does he currently have songs that are popular in country music? Yes. Then he's then like he, those he's guys. Like, he's like yes. No. All right. Yes. So everybody at home is yelling the name of him because when I said his dark Ray Bans, he yeah. always wears. I have, you are no idea. My wife says when I wear dark Ray Bans, yeah, I'm sure I look just says, like him. She says lots of things to you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's Eric Church. Yeah. I mean, never heard of him. I have yeah. no idea. You've never heard of him? Yeah, of course okay. I've heard of him. I have, I for the record, I have never heard of him. Okay. No, I don't know. Country music stopped in 2008. I had never heard. Here's my little country music point. I had, uh, when I was looking for houses here with my wife, we picked one weekend yeah. uh, randomly to go look at places. And that weekend we were surprised because it was really difficult to get a hotel. Why? There's not graduation. Oh. There's no game. Was it April of 2013? It was April of 2013. And we get, and we had such a hard time finding a hotel. It turns out that Jason Aldean, yeah. who is a name that I had never heard in my entire life up into that, and frankly still is just known to me as the guy that made it Oh, you need to listen to Tattoos on the Sound. Watch the video. It'll make you cry. I absolutely do not. Listen to Jason Isbell. Listen to the Drive-By Truckers. Listen to not this canned— Robert Earl Keane. Yeah. Well, he's good, too. 
Yeah, I'd, I'm sorry. Gringo I just, honeymoon. I can't, yeah, Listen I can't, to no. Sturgill Simpson. Like, yeah, like, Sturgill Simpson. Yeah, like, yeah, hey, look, I'm I'm open he's Carl. to. Look, I don't hate on music. I'm open to all kinds of music. I know, I, and I've tried, Scott. God yeah. knows I've tried, but frankly, there's better pop music on 100.1 than Name there is one. on 102. Um, Despa, Despa, whatever. I can't help you on pop music either. I'm yeah, afraid. I what still is, listen to Pavement. So, um, oh god. But like, I'll put it this way: Mother Love Bone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Did you ever hear a story about yeah. the Mexican? You watch um, singles every weekend, right? Yeah. I mean, not for nothing. No, if you put some Imagine Dragons on, I'll listen. I'll but. put it this way: uh, yeah. uh, I don't understand. Tony why listens to Nickelback. I don't understand why Sergio Simpson is not Sergio Simpson is like a genius, and he sh- people everyone should be losing his mind over him. And said they're they're farting around with this because they can't they don't feel good about the fact that they're from Buckhead and they have a pickup truck that Daddy bought them. And listen, if you're one of those people, we appreciate you listening, but <laughs> you're not country. Yes, yeah. I'm country. All right, so the last <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Yes, you, I'm not country. Yes. All right, see if you can guess this one. The last I'm not one. I'm from a smaller town than all of you people. Uh, negative. So. I'm from outside yeah, a smaller yeah, town yeah, than you. Yeah, yeah, right, I'm, I'm from Stone Mountain. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, last one. Um, a religious figure. Jerry Falwell. No. Jim Baker. No. <laughs> a religious figure's son. So was, Jim Baker Jr. <laughs> no. <laughs> that son of Jerry Falwell. That guy's an idiot, by the way. Oh my god. <laughs> Falwell has his own problems. Billy Graham was awesome. Jerry Falwell's son is like as big a dope as you'll ever find in the world. Okay, so I'll go ahead and give you. Oh gosh, I can't breathe. You've heard of Billy Graham? Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's Franklin Graham. Oh, Franklin Graham. Yeah, Yeah. Franklin Graham. Okay. Yeah, we're good. We're good. And for the record, this is the Will Leach religious power rankings of of great ministers and their sons. Billy Graham, way up here. Right. Yeah. Franklin Graham down quite a bit. Yeah. But you know. Right. Right. Then Jerry Falwell, yeah, and then somewhere below the dirt is where Jerry Falwell Jr. is. Okay, I've never, I didn't even know there was a thing called Jerry Falwell Jr. Oh, he's the worst. He's the head, the head of Liberty University. Oh, okay, he's Liberty University. All right, that's awesome. What's their mascot? How their uniforms look? What is Liberty's mascot, dude? I seriously, uh, yeah. yes, Musketeers. That might be the no, sounds good. Sounds man. good. And it. one last thing. What I'd like to do is I have a good friend of mine whom I have done some podcasting with and done some uh, podcast editing with. He's actually on the Rook and Podcast. It's not Tim Kelly. It's his co-host, Justin Bray. Mm-hmm. He and a good friend of him started a brand new UGA podcast, and it's called The Chapel Bell Curve. Oh, I, don't know if you've heard I saw of that, it. yeah. And they have this great niche, and if y'all get a chance, definitely stop by. They're self-admitted nerds and geeks, and they are getting completely into stats mm-hmm. about the Georgia season. They're even putting stats on the marching band and breaking down games. And I would highly recommend you all go listen to Chapel Bell Curve. Um, Justin only started following Georgia football like 10 years ago. Um, he's a, he's kind of a – well, he works at Creature Comforts, and he's he spent some time at Rook and Pond, so he's more into the game industry and then the craft beer industry industry which is awesome and uh they've got a really cool concept and i think they're only going to get bigger and bigger so go yeah. check it out yeah i saw i saw that account on twitter i was like mm-hmm. oh that's pretty interesting yeah give them a follow chapel yeah, bell curve which i love the name yeah i don't like the idea that uh their you, podcasts are under an hour what i don't like that kind of i business. bet they save theirs i don't like that well looked him up he just subscribed and rated and reviewed I, subs- I rated and reviewed, yeah. which you should do. Yeah. So, yeah, yes. go check it out. 
And that is, uh, I think that's going to do it. We uh, we're touching right on ninety minutes, so my interest yeah, level is, has. This has, is like two podcasts. Yeah, I know, I know. Yes. My interest level is waning. I'm, I'm I mean, joking. three. I, actually, I love if you count last week. Yes. So we'll be, back, we'll be back with a post game show. Yeah, on Sunday. Sunday. Somehow, some way. Somehow, and then that way. should be up Monday because it's Labor Day, and you know, yeah, that'll be easy to get up on Monday. I don't and know it, when this yeah. will get up. Maybe tomorrow evening. Yeah. Wednesday or Wednesday morning. Yes. Yeah. I'll tweet it out. Otherwise, um, I'm ready for the season start. Absolutely, oh my God. it's been a long walk through a very, very dark. The Georgia Tech, the Georgia Tech game seems like uh, a very long. Time we, we beat TCU, and it's all too close. Yeah. The I TCU mean, game like, might have actually been the most fun game of the year. Yeah. North Carolina was the fun game of the year. Yeah, fun. But game. like other, no, than that, what was fun was the podcast before the TCU game when you just browbeated everybody that was saying they weren't going to go to Memphis. Yeah, good, seriously, and I enjoyed. I'm that. with him on that. Yeah, and they deserved it. W- yeah. Yeah, and I would absolutely go on him. My wife let me. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that sums up so much. Right? <laughs> good um, luck. Good luck with your picks, gentlemen, this weekend. Maybe reminder: we'll one you. last time. One last time. Where do you find the picks? Funfreeofficepools. No, it's not funfreeofficepools. It's funofficepools. Funofficepools.com. Look, and what I was about to say is, is go to uh, go to George Sports Blog. I'll have the link up there. Mm. One more time. You still blog? No, not really. But I do post the. Uh, Make sure you click on the links. Yeah, please, a bunch. Um, no, I still post uh, random musings here and there in and, and the podcast, and I'll probably put the standings up for our— um, UGA Carey's already winning. Yeah, right. She's in the lead. I'll put the rankings up. The week, I'll, I'll put weekly I just recaps. Want, I want to go kick the, these Chapel Bell Curve guys. Let's yeah. Let's take them out. Yeah. They, they, yeah. they mention Bill Conley more than we do. By the way, speaking of kicking— our draft is Wednesday night. Yes, our yes, our fan, our fancy football draft. Oh, I have yeah, to tell my Wednesday. boys. So I'm the reigning champ until the end of the season. No, you're reigning champ until yeah, literally till there's a new champ crown. Until the new champ crown. Okay, I'm, I've been taking that out for a spin. I much. know Georgia, I need to. Georgia football fans would know this, but the St. Louis Cardinal fan might know yeah. like how what it means when you win the championship, how long you get to hold on to it. <sighs> I, by the way, also wow. one other one other plug for uh, a shout out. I am. I am big into podcasting, as you can tell. I love podcasts. I listen to them all the time. My inspiration to start podcasting is a man named Alex Bloomberg, who started the startup podcast and runs Gimlet Media and Gimlet Creative. And on like the Thursday of last week, I get just a tweet from Will text. or text, text from Will, Will and Tony, which is not uncommon. And I look at it, and he's like, "Hey, check out this this podcast." And I checked it out. And what's the name of it? Oh, uh, Path to Victory. Path, Path to, to victory. victory. Something like that, yeah. And it's I, through Gatorade. I, I, I looked on it, I and I'm like, good. oh my goodness, this is a branded podcast by Gimlet Media, none other than, you know, kind of the guru of Alex Bloomberg himself kind of touched his hand on it. And Will is on it with Terrence Moore, and Dominique Foxworth is a fantastic host of it. Yeah, and really what it does good. is it breaks down. It's and Matt Ryan is on I'm the podcast. Say, oh, and Matt and Sarah You know, Ryan. It, was, it, was, it, was, it was kind of cathartic for me to listen to because it, it, it's been long enough it breaks it's basically a 20 25 minute episode breaking down the falcons super bowl loss and it is done impeccably of course and some of the other podcasts are really good they i have, thought you were going to give like you know a shout out to waiting since last saturday on that podcast i wasn't the editor of that one right? yeah i know uh, they have one kyle schwarber they've won serena, yeah, Williams, Schwarber, yeah. serena. Uh, basically they everyone, got great commercials too like on tv that kind of coincide with it yeah so because it's part of their big uh, gatorade's big branding thing this year about like they're all about people that have suffered loss and right. how you overcome but it kyle schwarber got sent back down to the minors didn't he yeah that happened afterwards yes <laughs> that's actually the reason it's funny because what happened was uh, Noah Davis, who writes, he was working with Gimlet on this. Uh, he does a, the American 
Women's Soccer Now podcast. He is also a writes about soccer for ESPN and a lot of places. I've known him for a long time. And he said, hey, you uh, were at the World Series last year. Do you want us to compete? We can work on this podcast. Can the Gimlet people come over and interview you for the this podcast about Kyle Schwarber? And so they did the Kyle Schwarber podcast, and apparently my answers were not that good. They're like, "Wait, were you at the Super Bowl?" I was like, "Yes, I was." And so that, and then I—that's talk- a great story you tell. Yeah. I'm not going to ruin it. I want y'all to hear it, but yeah. to hear Terrence Moore's story, they had they had noticed that because I'm the one that gave them. Terrence and the funny thing is, you told us that like the week like, after because I'd heard that story yeah, before. Yeah, but yeah, and go listen to uh, the Path to Victory. The only thing I feel like I should add to this uh, because this is a Gatorade brand, Gatorade branded podcast. Do not drink Gatorade. Drink water. Gatorade is bad for you. It has calories. Do not drink Gatorade. I am on. And royalties a, go to the University of Florida. I am on a Gatorade. Are you, are you starting CrossFit? Is it, you sound like you're a CrossFit. I know. I'm just saying. There's no reason to ever drink Gatorade. Drink water. It is. I'm, I feel like if I am on a Gatorade branded podcast, it's going to be our cold. It is open. the least I can do to tell everyone: do not drink Gatorade at all. It's really bad for you. I took stairs to the upstairs bathroom today. Does that make me a member yep, of CrossFit? You, you can yep. put that on your CrossFit journal. This is very journal. like mid-90s, like to go back to singles. Like, wait, I was part of a branded exercise. Do not use that brand. That <laughs> brand is terrible. So, and one last thing, uh, Will, you did your big college football preview with Matt Brown at mm-hmm. Sports on Earth, right? Yeah, one of the two. Poor Matt Brown. Poor, <laughs> poor Matt Brown for Sports on Earth. He's, he's an excellent college football writer. He's been for a long time. Still getting confused with SB Nation's Matt Brown. Yeah, he's got two Matt Browns in college football. Because they're both, they're both named Matt Brown. They're both around the same age, and they're both really smart about college football. Yeah. And so, and the other Matt Brown has a book out about college football yeah. that just came out. But my Matt Brown uh, is, uh, is an excellent, excellent, excellent. They should have fought on the undercard of Mayweather McGregor. Yeah, that last thing, that fight was actually pretty entertaining. I actually really had a good time with that fight. Yeah. I slept through it. Yeah, I was at a movie. I was at the uh, Alps Road movie theater. The beach I'm not going to tell you what I was doing. Uh, were you? Were, were you uh, I'll tell you off air. Wow. Were you? Were you wearing Ray Bans and being? Yeah. Did y'all go to the danger zone? I was in. I was in Hiawassee. Oh. Yeah, a lot of a lot of crazy things happen after midnight in Hiawassee, Georgia. Huh. Yeah. We'll we'll talk off air on that. Cool. Y'all can ask me on Twitter, but I won't tell you. All right. Uh, hey, so game week, we'll be back post game Sunday. Yeah. It'll be fun. All right. Well, go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. Make sure to enter our weekly pick'em contest over at funofficepools.com to see if you can match wits with us. For the record, none of us have finished first ever, and most of the time we're way down in the rankings. But we'll update our standings every week with a few shout-outs for our overall leaders. Oh, and here's a correction. The podcast that we recommended you listen to at the end of our show featuring featuring Will is called The Secret to Victory, not The Path to Victory. I think we called it The Path to Victory, so just making sure that correction is noted. But it is linked in our show notes page, so we would highly recommend you go listen to it. If you're on Twitter, that's the best way to get in touch with us. Our show's handle is at WSLS Podcast. And if you catch this podcast via iTunes or Apple Podcasts, as they are now referring to it, make sure to subscribe and leave us a rating and review. We've been stuck for a while on like 54, 54 overall reviews. So if you can spend a couple minutes providing us some feedback, we would be very grateful for it. And that's it. You know what to do now. In just a few days, we will all be back in Athens, tailgating and meeting up with friends you haven't seen since last year, but it won't matter because you'll just pick up from right where you left off. 
that's one of the great things about SEC traditions, in my opinion. So ice down those coolers. We will see you on campus this Saturday as Georgia welcomes the Mountaineers. Have yourselves a great rest of your week. And as always, go dogs.